The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another exciting adventure of the Comic Book Chronicles. I feel like we should have that, that sticker that says, The Adventural Adventures of... Weep, 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 weep. Uh, I am your host, Rodicat. <laughs> you can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Need on Twitter. You can find me at New, uh, CB Caps on Instagram. <laughs> and the sound effect uh, that you hear is provided by another, none other than our man in Brooklyn. Uh, represents Brooklyn. To the fullest, as you know, one agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. Weird. Uh, And you could find this here program on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. Indeed. You can also find this podcast on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And folks, we got new releases. Once again, its own, as the saying goes. Uh, yeah, we've been getting a steady supply of new releases, and we got enough that we can talk about. Uh, H7's got a bunch he can talk about. <laughs> right. I mean, ultimately, what what has happened is that there's definitely been uh, a, a slow buildup to what resembles a regular shipping schedule. I think that the DC books out this week, I think there's fewer DC books out this week. But in terms of the Marvel shipping schedule, there's definitely... Uh, I don't want to say a boatload because there have been worse weeks, especially when there are major events rolling around with uh, tie-in books, but there definitely were uh, a nice chunk of books out this week and a, a new number one to boot. It's true, and uh, we will get to that new number one in a few minutes. But first, we are going to start off with um, Empire, number three. Right, and if you are not keeping up, you can actually still get on board. We are on issue three, and the first two issues and the zero issues have only been released in the last several weeks. So if you are uh, looking to catch up, you can still reach out to your local comic shop and see if they still have copies. True, and uh, the majority of them, at least the, the zero issues, are relatively easy reads. So you can kind of, well, eh, they pack a little, expo- little more exposition in there because of you know setting up some stuff. But yeah, you can still get through a lot of it in, in a relatively short amount of time. So, which is, I guess that's the saving grace of this one because it's like, well, this it's, it's the Creech Scroll War and people 
nowadays probably don't even know what even happened. <laughs> <laughs> or that was a thing. Because, I mean, you know, right. it's not like it's come up in a movie or anything yet. Um, well, it kind of has. I you mean, know, in Captain Marvel, a little bit. You know, you know about I mean, their, sure. yeah, you know about their enemy. You know, you sure. know that they were enemies. So yeah, that's just like that's just kind of just starting off, starting the ball rolling. Though it's just like you didn't next really get into the whole thing and Avengers involvement and, and Fantastic Four later on, all that kind of get messed, whatever. Right, 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 right. So it's kind of like, yeah, all right, here you go. Here's the intro. We might do something with this uh, in another phase down the line, which I'm assuming that's where they're going with this because they can't imagine where else they can go outside of Secret Wars. And I can't even imagine even trying to do that in cinematic way. I was about to say, the Russos want to do that. That's the thing. Yeah. They'll come back to do that. And if they want to do it, they'll set it up for them. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. But, hey, that's cinematic news. We'll get to that in a little later because that has nothing to do with what we just talked about. So in Empire 3, um, yeah, we, we'll just keep on trucking here. I do love the – now, y'all know me. I'm a, I'm a fan of, um, of uh, Black Panther. And so uh, T'Challa got his props. From from the end yeah. in this one, so, and all I will say it was just like, yeah, he's the most dangerous man. Like this and that because because I think it was like was it Swordsman talking or was it uh, Corey? One of them two was was talking. Uh, right. Yeah, no, it was so it was uh, Swordsman. Um, he was like, look, <laughs> like he already knows what we what we got and what we're trying to do. So he's you know, and that's I guess that's what's what would have set up the um, I assume the Agents of Wakanda book that we're not going to get anymore. Right. And ultimately that was probably just going to be a closer look at the, at the battle on uh, Wakandan soil, because we're already starting to get, you know, uh, an idea of what's happening um, in Wakanda, because we have uh, two members of the fantastic four who have uh, disembarked from space um, and found themselves um, uh, in Wakanda along with some Avengers uh, as uh, they're discussing what the, the Kotati plans are. And as you mentioned, Swordsman was right. T'Challa eventually deduces exactly what their plan is, mm-hmm. given, uh, without spoiling everything, given their plant-like nature of the invaders. Right, and, and if you know... If, oh, inside Wakanda, right. What right. exists inside Wakanda, but it's not exactly what you think. You have to think about that a little bit. Right. It definitely is definitely directly tied to the one other thing that you know about Wakanda. You know, their their main resource. Um, but actually, and also we also got um, going to like um, Empire Avengers because also do you remember not Avengers uh, X Men. It's one of those two. Uh, because you remember the um, Wanda started that whole thing in Genosha, and they were staging right. because they were staging themselves. The Katari were staging themselves there, trying to uh, invade uh, Wakanda. Right, as like a base of operations, like mm-hmm. that. So you kind of got so, this, which actually br- brings me something to that we can talk about probably next, not other than, but we could finish up Empire Three um, uh, before that. Uh, like prior to the show, you mentioned that we get the return. Um, yes. You know, we in our conversation, we get the return of a longtime Avengers character showing up in a bug ship, and it's not uh, Hank Pym slash Ultron. It is, in fact, and it's a minor spoiler. Spoiler bell. I mean, she's on Inca. the cover, so. Well, she's on a cover. She's not on every cover. There's a bunch of variants to this book. 
<laughs> yeah, but, but but she's on the main cover though. So <laughs> the main cover. We are talking about Mantis. Yes. I I so back in the day when I was you know when I was reading Avengers. I was about to say it's not the Palm Clementi of. Uh, no, <laughs> it is not. Thankfully, this is capable. Uh, she will beat your ass down. <laughs> Wait a second. Let's not, let's not poop all over Palm Clementia. They uh, already have. You know, she's the one that almost knocked out Thanos so they could uh, pull the, the gauntlet off. Yes, it she, was had, her, she was the key part of that she plan. She had one shining pers- moment, but they treat her like a buffoon the whole the rest of the time. <laughs> No, we are talking about capable from the start. Will whip your ass, you know, um, uh, Celestial Madonna Mantis. That's funny. Sporting a new look. So, right, she is Koya's mother, mm-hmm. and she is coming in to try to, uh, uh, you know, her, she claims to uh, to be there to try to stop everything that's going on, and you know, blaming the father this time, uh, Which, Kotati. Yeah. Kotati Swordsman. Yeah, so, which I mean, Swordsman's been been a problem in the past anyway. So it's it's kind of not that hard to believe that yeah, he's he's even some version of him <laughs> is is on the is on the side of wrong. Right, 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 right. But yeah, um, so she's come to talk him down. T'Challa's like, yeah, y'all go ahead and do that. I'll be over here thinking of other solutions outside of diplomacy um, to, to 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 deal with stuff. Um, and I believe what else do we, um, oh yeah, we do see Tony's tantrum in the beginning when he's talking to Reed because he's, he's like, yeah, I got fooled all this and that and the other. I should have known better. The Katati to the Katati played me for a fool, this and that and the other. I'm like, yeah, yo, you didn't know. We didn't know. No one, no, you know, they were. Yeah, no one knew. It was a surprise for, it was, you know, it was a, a surprise for everyone. Right. Like even going into this, like yeah, even going into this, this and knowing the Katari was involved, just like okay, well, mate, they're just going to be allies, and you know they're going to be the downtrodden ones, and you know they're they're getting hunted down again, which started to seem to be the case, which was started to be the case because it was, but turned to kind of find out, like nah, Jokers was set up for war. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, isn't it isn't it funny that Marvel kind of kept that one on the low? Mm-hmm. Which you yeah, know was... we actually we actually got taken by legitimate, obviously. It's helped along by the pandemic, but mm-hmm. we actually got legitimately taken by surprise by that, I think. Yeah. I mean, even and even with the books that we had seen review copies of, you know, that came out prior to the actual issue coming out, like just didn't, you know, uh, uh, just, just didn't uh, mention that. But then it was all the zero issues because I think the, the, um, the, the actual first input, the issue of Empire was not given out early, so... Right, and and I think what everyone assumed was that uh, Hulkling had gone, you know, bad somehow. Exactly, and I think that was the initial uh, feeling that most people had about this event. But you know, as as we've mentioned, uh, we had our expectations turned upon their respective heads. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, you know, we find ourselves back on the uh, the, the mothership, the lead ship of the uh, Joint Kree Skrull uh, Armada, and. Uh, we discover that um, T'Challa needs the uh, the space sword, which I well apparently is called Excelsior. Um, mm. I, I I I found that on a fandom page, you know, like the wiki page. Nice. I think that's true. Makes sense. And and uh, you know Teddy Hulk, you know uh, Emperor Dorek. That's what he's going by, Emperor Dorek the Eighth. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's that? No, he was like Teddy, please. <laughs> Right. 
he sends away the sword to uh, the Black Panther for something. Uh, in the meantime, um, you know, there's uh, some, some, some discussions about what uh, the Kree and the Skrull have had to do um, to fend off some of the advances that the Kotati have made, um, you know, pre, uh, prior to uh, Hulkling uh, taking control. And now um, what's revealed at the very end of this issue is a pretty cool reveal. Yeah, there's a, a nice little cliff reveal. Yeah, it's not, no, not necessarily a swerve, but it's like, oh, okay, this is a wrinkle that sure is, is a thing that you shouldn't be surprised that it happens. You know, especially when you're dealing with uh, scrolls. Of course, <laughs> we're already hinting at what 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 that is because you know we're talking about scrolls. But yeah, it's pretty pretty. Uh, it's a pretty cool reveal. Mm-hmm. I definitely give um, Al Ewing and Dan Slott lots of credit for plotting uh, the first three issues of this event to get to issue number three. We're halfway through. I think it's a six issue event. I think that sounds right. So at the halfway point of this event, we've gotten a really cool reveal at the midpoint to to kind of tease us in uh, to tease us um, towards you know and, and and lead us in directions we think we may be going over the last half of this event. Right, and I know we have something in the news section about the the epilogue is supposed to bring some some big sweeping change, but you know we we'll get there when we get there. Actually, within the books. Um, I think the only other thing. Oh, did you that? Um, going back to the beginning where you talk about the uh, the couple of uh, where the Ben and Ben and wait, was it Ben and Johnny? No, it was Ben and Sue. Ben and Sue. Yeah, Ben, ben and, and Sue, Sue was on or was in uh, Wakanda. That that nice uh, that two pager. That um, that um, that was there. That was pretty sweet. Where Ben? Could, yeah, huh? The splash page. Yeah. That was a that was pretty cool, like when the fight just starts and I was like, all right, oh yeah, that was a really nice looking. I wish I could put it up on on TV guys, but I can't because it's too big. Uh, yeah, but nevertheless, it's a two page. It's a two page splash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shout out to Valerio Skidi who's doing a bang up job on the art mm. for this event. Uh, it sounds like he's had plenty of time to make sure he does all six issues, <laughs> 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 considering considering uh the pandemic lockdown but yeah it's a really nice event to look at um i'm not sure who's doing uh the colors but the colors definitely um supplement the art um oh it's marty gracia and okay. well you know like talk, uh, you know, chalk it up to the hoxpox colorist to uh give this uh event lots of eye popping colors so you know no no wonder yeah wonder so, yeah. So yeah, if you're interested, folks, uh, check this out. The event's been going pretty smoothly so far. Um, and I guess uh, on that note, we will get into the tie-ins, or at least one of them in particular. Um, because, because the one question that's been on my mind for the longest is, is going to about to come up in a second. And uh, we're going to talk about X-Men number 10. Okay. All right, let me, flop, let me uh, flip to X-Men number 10, and we will get to that. So the so the question I have already and I think we have already discussed this in dealing with the, the Xbooks in general, especially in dealing with stuff outside of the Xbooks. How in the hell is this the only time that stuff just hitting the, the summer's residence with them being on the moon? Because there's been a few things that has happened. There's been a couple of things that's happened in the last few months that has uh, been on the moon, but it's like, well, they're not 
And I, especially this. Like, how are you going to be on the blue area of the moon? You know, you have a house there, and all this vegetation just starts cropping up, and you just don't know, not, not notice this already. Well, what's funny about this is that, you know, we can't always tell when exactly things happen in sequence. Sure. So... You know, it's hard to tell, and it's not like they give us a great reading order. This is the stuff that Marvel Saga was always made for, right? Yeah. So to help us figure out when things happen in uh, Marvel continuity. But what was funny about this issue is that part of me just couldn't figure out what was actually happening. Yeah. Because it opens with something apparently happened to Vulcan while he was in space after the War of Kings. Mm-hmm. And apparently he may not have been resurrected by the five on Krakoa, as we all assumed. He may not have been. Right. He may have instead been alive and came back from the fault like Black Bolt after the War of Kings. Right? Right. But with a little so, something in him. Right. With, with something maybe sinister inside him as a result. You and know, actually, if not, you, and if you sure. think about it, it might have something to do with because if you think about it, the, the 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 few different times that we have seen Vulcan in the X books, there's some he's always saying, and I don't know if this and it gets said here also, the fires inside him. So I don't know right. if like we know his his powers are you know what they are, so that could have just been a throwaway line to that. But now that I'm, but now seeing this come up, it's like well maybe it has something to also do with this. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't know. We don't know if this is a similar uh, thing to what happened to uh, uh, whatchamacallit, what happened to Nova when he was in the, um, the whatchamacallit, the, the Cancerverse. Cancerverse, yeah. You know, because that's what came to mind with the, with what happened at the beginning of this issue. Mm. I was like, oh, this is very Cancerverse-y, you know, kind of reminiscent of what happened to Nova. And I wonder if it's not, yeah, I wonder if that's not the Cancerverse making another uh, reappearance in Marvel Comics. Who is to say at this point? Yeah, we don't know yet. This is still a developing story. What, um, right, so as, as, as Roddy Cat mentioned, this, this story basically plays out with, um, Vulcan on the moon. Um, while the rest of the Summers clan is away, including Wolverine, mm-hmm. uh, is away on a beach vacation. Um, in CR Space at that. Right, what's that? In CR Space at that. Right. I was about to say in Chandelar, I think. So, yeah, in CR Space. And Vulcan's not exactly welcome there. Yeah. But what's funny is that um, essentially what Roddy Cap posited as happening actually happens in this issue, where a member of the X-Men that lives in the Summer's house on the moon discovers that, boom, there's a whole bunch of plant life on Krakow, on on, uh, on the moon now, in the blue area, mm-hmm. and goes to investigate. And he goes in and says, hey, this is kind of cool. I like what you're doing. You know, this is interesting. I see that Earth is your target and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, this is just, you know, heavily analytical. <laughs> and, of course, uh, uh, Vulcan is perceived as a threat and treated as such. And essentially uh, he overpowers the Kotati that have uh, tried to take him captive, but not before 
of you know revealing you know like kind of interfacing with him and revealing uh what may be a part of the future vulcan storyline i also wanted to note that um in my notes i said um we have the uh, reappearance of petra and sway which I was going to ask you if you knew who they who they were because I didn't. I had to look it up. I recognized them, but I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. They're from Deadly X Men Genesis story mm-hmm. that Ed Brubaker, you know, okay. as like the the first team of X Men that Xavier had sent back to had sent to Krakoa to follow uh, to try to rescue the um, the original the original class, but they end up all getting killed, mm-hmm. and that's that's when he ends up bringing in the giant size X Men team. Right. Right. Like a, like a heavy retcon, but that's what brought in Vulcan and the third Summer's brother. So, um, but anyway, my question is, are Petra and Sway really alive again? Obviously, this is not unheard of in the, in the era of uh, Kirk Cohen uh, resurrection. Mm. Oh, you think it's in his mind? They're in his mind? I was going to say, or are they figments of Vulcan's imagination? Hmm. I mean, hard to say. Yeah, because because now that you say that, it was like, yeah, because I mean, well, and this doesn't really mean anything because we've seen the Summers household in the past and people come and go in there and, you know, and whatnot. But it's just mostly for them. You know, they've had people visit, but, you know, not just be there. So the, the fact that they were just there and seemingly, you know, present when everybody else is gone. Yeah, that does that does, does kind of seem like it was like well, I, you know, I, I don't know if they were actually just there or like you said, it could be a figure of imagination or they could have actually been resurrected. And yeah, I mean, we have right. seen a lot of resurrections. Oh, yeah, yeah we, we've seen a lot of resurrections. So it was like, okay, sure, why not? You know, these could very well be people that's just just you know, just happen to come back. Right. We don't know yet. So it's an interesting it's an interesting plot device mm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a weird tie-in to the greater empire story. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does actually help. You know, what's funny about it is it actually helps propel some of the X-Men stories, you know, along, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if Vulcan was going to be a character that, um, uh, that Hickman, uh, was going to stress on at this point in the story, but I always thought it was curious that he was part of the res- or at least what we thought was resurrected, the X Men, the main X Men team that is being led by the Summers family. Mm-hmm. He was always on the cover art. He was always on, you know, um, the the solicitations and the preview. So maybe this was this was his time to, uh, you know, to be uh, part of the uh, the bigger story. Right. And uh, the other part of this is uh, because of the fact that he met up with uh, Tikotati, the you know invasion force, or I guess scouting force. I don't know if it was scouting force or an invasion force, but regardless, they basically had were staged there to attack the Earth. Um, at the he end, basically of this, wiped out like a like a full section of them. Right. Uh, and know, in that, one, like, like post, you know, one, you know, like like imagine like a like a like a. Uh, a fort, you know, being posted at like like the northern section. I think that's how they described. It. Like he basically wiped out an entire section. Right. But somebody was left alive and was able to report back to uh, the home fleet. Which I this makes me wonder if this was supposed to be before um, Empire X Men number one. 
and what lead, led them to be to go to Geno to Genosha to I mean we know they were well we know those folks were pretty much setting up to invade Wakanda from there. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but think because you remember like the the one well, eh, never mind it falls apart now because now that I think about it it was the Genosians that were hitting Twitter Gate and not the Katadi so never mind right never mind right because I but I was thinking because I was thinking like this was also setting up part of that but they were near there for different reasons uh, not attacking Croatia directly as Croatia it's probably gonna happen. <laughs> uh, you, threw, you said Croatia. You actually threw in a real world country. <laughs> um, yeah, Krakoa. Excuse me. Sorry, not Krakoa. <laughs> I only uh, laugh because it's a real world place. Yeah, That's yeah. I, I was um, like, I was like, oh wait a minute. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, right. Krakoa. Um, yeah. So psh. that's funny. But so, now, yeah, like, I think that was you know my only my only. Uh, 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 you know, my, my only issue with this book was that, um, you know, I'm still not 100 percent sure we were not dealing with figments of Vulcan's imagination. And honestly, so, I didn't even think about that part until you said it. So, yeah, I'm not sure. But, you know, like I said, you know, there's Krakona Resurrections happening everywhere. And there's actually a book out this week that goes into that. Yes. So, and I was like, see, that was the natural place would have been to go into that. But since. You have a couple of um, tie-in issues to Empire, and we're still kind of on that. You want to go ahead and do those? I'll kind of rapid-fire those. Okay. You know, I mean, there's some cool things that happen in them. So, what's the other Empire? Okay, I'll cover the I'll cover the tie-ins, and then get to Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, essentially, Empire Captain America number one is Captain America marshaling the forces around Washington D.C. while a type of body snatcher ability of the Kotadi, which seems to be kind of new. Although I'm, I have to go back and maybe read some of those um, Celestial Madonna and, and Celestial Messiah issues from Avengers way back when. Um, you know this this new ability works its way through the U.S. forces at the end of the first issue. It might so not, it might not be that new actually because think about it. Um, so they were was, telepaths. I remember them being telepaths, but this is like specifically kind of a body snatcher type thing. Right, but if you think about what happened at the end of uh, Empire uh, Avengers with what happened in Savage Land, one that's not new there, but also probably you can kind of take into what happened to Swordsman because like he was right. dying, but then his you know. Uh, I guess he's, his body or his soul, something was was uh, was merged with the Kasadi, Kasadi. So it's not that far outside the realm of possibility. That's an, that's an right. old ability, but right? Anyway. And it's not especially given especially given the plant and te- te- telepathy. It just seemed like a new right. uh, uh, rendition of it, at least to Could me. Be. But uh, in any event, that was that's what happened in Empire Captain America number one. Empire Savage Avengers number one is pretty much something you can skip. I'll save you the trouble. Venom and Conan knock out the majority of the Kotadi forces invading Mexico City. Uh, it was targeted by the Kotadi because there aren't many super types down there. Har har. So that's pretty much that. And the last one that ties in is Captain Marvel number 18. So this is set. The It's a little weird because there's two members of the FF in this that find themselves in Wakanda for Empire number three. But they're still in space on the flagship where they were around the time that 
um, you know, just before uh, what you call it, um, the Fantastic Four kind of head their make their way to Earth. So it's a little, you know, like the timing is a little weird. It's like right around because it seems like it was just when uh, Carol is given the um, what's it called? Not a hammer. The um, the accuser's uh, weapon. Yeah, what's it called? It's not the ultimate. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Dang it! Dang it! I just call it the hammer, but it's not a hammer. I'm um, slipping, slipping, <laughs> slipping. Ronan the accuser. I quick I'm pull out the move. <laughs> I'm slipping here, slipping. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember uh, what you call it. Uh, Ronan the accuser's hammer. What that? What the, it's a. It's a really. Um, here we go. The universal weapon. I was about to say mm. it's a really lame name, yeah. but which also reminds me, weapon. Yeah, which also reminds me. Like I do remember. I think it was in in uh, Empire Three. They were like Ronan's dead. Uh, he Ronan died on the side of the enemies or something like that. I'm like I don't remember when that happened. Did, did we see that in Incoming or something? Like I don't remember when that actually happened. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, it's probably something we might have seen. Like it could have been in, more than likely it's probably in, incoming or something. I don't know. Or one of the zero issues. But Oh uh, like, Death of the Inhumans. Oh, okay. Well I didn't read that, so okay. Death of, I'm I'm on his wiki page. Gotcha. So Death of the Inhumans. Okay. Um well, Mystery Solved. Right. So I mean, I read that. I couldn't remember that. I read too much. Right. There's no way to remember all this stuff, folks. <laughs> so, so anyway, Carol gets the uh, the um, the universal weapon, and you know it sings in her hand. You know, as as it was stated in the, uh, the Empire main story, and um, in this issue, she's sent off to uh, perform her role as an accuser. And what's interesting is that there is a reveal. For Carol, that's her Cree name, you know. Now that we found out, kind of retro, you know, talk about uh, retcon, retroactive continuity. We found out that Carol's actually half Cree. Um, you know, so on the heels of finding that out, she finds out more about her family as she takes on her first mission as accuser. This happens before Ben Grimm and Sue Storm head back to Earth. I make a note of that because I was like, wait, this is got you know, like this is all this, this timeline is wonky because we just saw. I read this after reading Empire 3. We just saw Sue and Ben in Wakanda. Right. So, wait a second. What's going on here? So, it must have been before they left to go to Earth. Right. And the checklist, uh, you know, being what it is, is, is a little, probably a little spotty on this stuff. Right. It doesn't give you an exact reading order. And probably because they had to um, uh, screw with it because of the books that got canceled. Mm-hmm. That's more likely than not. So there are a couple of places where there are reading orders that, that are still that are starting to um, form that you can right. check out for the reading order. I mean, I want to say the back of the books might have the the checklist, but also well, but I might be also thinking of the X books. So let's not let's not even go there. Regardless, so anyway, here we are. Anyway, as President Bartlett would say, what's next? Oh, wait, I was going to ask you, um, was this reveal the thing that we talked about in the news last week? Yes. Okay. So if you think about to, to the news last week about uh, what we talked about, 
they are about Captain Marvel's family heritage. Uh, there you go. We don't need to rehash that. So let us go next to... I don't think we have much left that we have... Uh, well, okay. Here's the one oh, thing X we do Factor. have in common. Yeah, X-Factor number one. We'll go ahead right. and get that one out of the way. I didn't, yeah, I, was about to say, I didn't even look, I have a chance to look at your list of books. Let me see what you read. Yeah, I, pretty much everything you read. I was about to say, we have two more things in common. Yeah. We okay. have, yeah, just these two last X books. And then oh, we can go to say, Rapid Fire. Yeah. I was about to say, you didn't read Vader, but okay. Bet. No, but you, I mean, there's also, because we didn't talk Cable yet. Right. True. Right. Yeah, that's so I feel we'll like that's one could could have been, could be rapid fire, but yes, yeah, sir. Either way, X Factor number one, the number one of this week. Um, so basically, it's, it's I'm just gonna run you the short numbers. North Star thinks that uh, Aurora's dead. Uh, come, we come to find out whether that's the case or not. Uh, but spoiler alert: he has that swing connection. Exactly. Remember, he's got. Swing connection. I say in my notes, like, why couldn't it have been the other way around? Because I've never really liked North Star. <laughs> well, there's a reason why he's the leader of the book is because people don't like him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But so he goes off to try to get her resurrected. And the five is like, one, we're busy. Two, there's a line. Get in it. Uh, and two, you need to give us proof of whether she's right. actually dead or not before we could do anything. Because, you know, we don't want any mistakes to happen. So he goes off to do that, and this is how it's strokes. <coughs> this is how uh, X Factor gets uh, formed and ratified into uh, the, you know, what the, the councils, you know, the the the, the main things. The, the, right. So they are going to be the ones uh, investigating missing folks, and which I feel like we've also also had because we got folks out there finding people, we got folks out there looking for people, whether to see whether they're lost and that kind of stuff. So here's the investigation team that gets put together to find out, you know, the people have been missing for over a month and haven't checked in and to see where there are. And apparently there's a bunch of them. Right. What's funny is that this is the latest incarnation of X factor investigations, which was pioneered, uh, by a run of X factor that I did not read. Same, you know, multiple man was in charge at that time and he was, you know, basically, What's that? I thought it was Havoc and Polaris. No, that was after. Okay. No, no, Havoc and Polaris was before. Right. Havoc and Polaris was before Multiple Man and Wolvesbane and, uh, you know, like during the X-Factor investigations, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, era of the book, when that's what they were doing, you know, like they were just on these like, uh, you know, just investigations. This is the the, the natural uh, natural successor to that. Uh, line of books and what i wanted to say is that believe it or not this is a potential click of the week for me mm-hmm. because it's a well-written comic yeah using some using some of the least appreciated x characters out there <laughs> bravo to leah williams on an excellent story with david baldion on really effective art mm-hmm. i mean seriously i boy is in this book I boy. Yeah. Again, He's going back to what I said about the, the for an investigation team, and actually helps out a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, and actually, yeah, because like I said last week, in prior times, like yeah, I boy, I boy is one of those one of the new class of uh, ex kids that are like, I, why are these people, why these folks exist? It's um, so quirky. Listen, he's such a quirky character. It's such a creepy look. Yeah. Uh, it just is. 
Um, I wanted to also note that Prodigy is was dead and is now resurrected with his powers again. So no, he's been back, but he just didn't have his powers again. I don't know when he yeah. died and this yeah, last I was about time to say, he's dead. Yeah. He's, he's just resurrected. Right. Well, no, no. But what I'm saying was, yeah. But he before before whatever happened to cause that to happen, like he was still around. He just didn't have his powers. But whatever right. happened when he died, or it could have been one of those ritual things that they've been doing, or we don't because we don't know. Uh, unless that's yeah. popped up somewhere. Like, yeah, he just yeah. got resurrected for some reason, and now he's got the powers back. So, boo. Right. It's like, ah, you know what? We need to put him in the story. We're going to resurrect him. Right. With his powers, exactly. Because, like I said, because I'm like, I remember seeing, the, and not within, I know within the last few years, at the very most, like, he was around, just didn't have his powers. So, mm-hmm. whatever happened between then and now to either kill them or whether we even got that story or they just like like the 70 said like yeah we need him for the story with his power so bloop yep. <laughs> here you go <laughs> it's the wonderful world of dawn of x and kirkoa yeah what are you gonna so we need this character with his powers back he died off screen which somewhere. i think i'm fairly certain this is not the first time that's happened either because it's like yeah we, there's a powerless mutant and boom he's got his powers back because of resurrection there were their power back from the resurrection but i can't think of anybody mm-hmm. specific so but anyway. so yeah it's it's a really, really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we could go into rapid fire, but I actually did want to touch upon cable number two real quick. Okay, sure. Hit it. Um, I'll tell you that I did not expect to like this series. And I know I talked about cable number one either off, uh, maybe maybe it was, it, it was off screen. We mentioned it on screen. Or Last week. Corner. Yeah. yeah I, I, because I, I went back and read it. Because I didn't understand how it was going to tie into how the that wacky sword was going to tie into Ten of Swords, and I didn't understand that there is a Rom Space Knight connection there. Mm-hmm. But now that there is, and I'm sucked in because <laughs> I did not expect to like the series. But you throw in the Light of Galador, which is the sword, the name of the sword. You throw in some Space Knights who must not have been active when Rom and Starshine were active on Earth, because you're talking about like these meat bags, you know. Uh, you know, and um, and all five, all five Stepford Cuckoos <laughs> alive and well. Yes, because for the longest time we only had three because two of them died. You know, in 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 separate stories. Hmm. But all five are alive and well and dating young Cable at the same time. So so on that point, it was like, so who isn't Cable dating at this point? Because the last issue, the first issue, he was on a date with Armor and Blink. Or oh, armor and pinky and pinksy, pixie, not blink. Uh, and then that everything that happened up until he found the sword and you know happened. Uh, right. And then in this issue, um, some mutants that I don't think we knew. I mean, I don't know. They probably popped up somewhere. Like so my my my, my ex knowledge is spotted in a whole lot of places after a certain point. Uh, their kid gets snatched, and Cable finds out about it, and he goes to investigate. Uh, young Cable, I, sh- I should also say, because we have also seen shades of old Cable in this book, uh, right? For some reason, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he goes to investigate, and uh, he, uh, as Agent Seventy said, w- one of the um, Stephen Cuckoos is with him on a supposed date or something, but he's actually also using her, you know, her powers to help him out because his tele- his um, telepathic powers are kind of weak. So they go to investigate, and then they run up on the space knights, or I should say, the the space knights crash into them. To them, uh, then the fight starts, which goes away uh, a certain way, and uh, they get whisked off. 
to uh, to space. Uh, and then this, and then after that is when we get uh, the bit with old Cable, which I don't know what's going to happen with that. But hey, guess what? There's some time weirdness going on. Right. Apparently, it's only issue, right. It's only issue number two. There's some time stuff going on. Yeah. But this was and, a fun issue. This was this was actually kind of a fun issue because, like, you see, young, young, you know, young. I said in my notes, it's like, is is Cable going to be the new mutant uh, James Bond? Because he's like got all the ladies on him, and you know, he's not necessarily doing the, the James Bond thing, you know, with the, the gadgets and the, you know, the, the the spy work and all that. But you know, there's a part of them that just kind of feels like that, you know, with him just. And then there was the other part of this book where it was like. Um, Apparently Emma wasn't the happy about the fact that um well he wasn't she wasn't necessarily she's never happy, but she she finds out about Cable and the the cuckoos and goes to talk to Scott, who also was uh, pretty much following up on this investigation in Philly, by the way, and um which was kinda of, kinda of funny, um because one of the cops was like, Yeah, go go try Philly, you know, while you're here. And she, next thing we see yeah, get a yeah. cheesesteak. Cheesesteak. Yeah, and then next thing we know, we see Scott just chilling with a, uh, trying to eat a, a cheesesteak when Emma busts in on him to talk about Cable and, you know, Cable and the Cuckoos. Man, that made me crave, uh, like, seriously, I was reading that, it was one of the last books I read before uh, coming on, and that made me crave cheesesteak. I haven't had a, good, a real cheesesteak in a while. I am not driving down to Philly to get a cheesesteak. Yeah, I was about to say, at least but, you're closer than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's like a three and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. You know, from New York City to Philly, but I'm not in the mood for that six-hour turnaround. But I'll tell it you that. Worth it. What's that? It would be worth it. Yeah, no, I'm. I can get a. I can get a halfway decent cheesesteak, uh, <laughs> uh, which will probably deliver it to my house. I just have to go on one of the apps and find a good place to to deliver it. Sure. So I think I have already pre-ordered my dinner for tomorrow. <laughs> 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 nice. I've been in for a cheesesteak now, folks. But yeah, anyway, same. I just right. wanted to mention that, uh, yeah, I did not expect to like this book. And I'm thinking about going back and picking up the first two issues now that the second issue is out. Think about uh, picking up the first two issues and possibly adding it to my physical pull mm. because it's actually been pretty fun. And I don't necessarily equate fun with cable. So um, this is going, this, you know, and obviously we have the. Uh, the uh, the effect of the uh, one of the laws of Krakoa on uh, uh, young Nathan Summers' social life, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because they you know, are supposed to procreate. So yeah, he's um, he's definitely getting busy, or t- yeah, presumably, exactly. exactly. So yeah, like I said, I I did not expect to expect to like this book, and now. I'm definitely enthusiastic about reading the next issue. Come on, Space Knights! Yeah. And also worth noting... Afro doesn't want to play nice. Give us ROM back. <laughs> You're never going to get these books off the... Just give us ROM back. License it back to Marvel. That's not going to happen. Come on. I know, because they want to make their own movie. Yeah, Hasbro's I, got them lock, stock, and barrel, so... They want to make their own movie. Even though they're not going to be able to generate that, that uh, joint universe, probably... You know, no, that's, that's dead. Trans- no, that's dead. Yeah. That, yeah, that died a couple of years ago. There was so much promise in that, though. It was, it was, it could have been good. Yeah, yeah, but, but man, it would be so awesome if they could get Rom Space Knights to play. It would be awesome. But anyway, so I guess we can, unless you've got something else, we can just go into rapid fire. Um, yeah, I was going to. There was something else I was going to say about this uh, issue. 
and I think I said this prior to, but, but going off of what you just said, like, yeah, who'd have thought, you know, like Space Knights and an X-Book is, is weird enough as it is. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, but yeah. But, cool. And it's a Ten of Swords uh, thing, too. Right. There's something relating to Ten of Swords in there. Right. Uh, but I was going to say uh, that, you know, the, this is written by Jerry Duggan. So, you know, Deadpool at, at, at the like. So, you know, there's, you know, there was some... There, there's um, um, I said lightness about it, but that's not probably not the correct word. But there is some humor definitely in the book yes. because of because of that, um, and, and it plays well, you know, even with Cable of all people. But this is also young Cable, so they can kind of you know do do a little bit more to him than say if Oak if it was like Old Cable's book, which again we said he's we've seen him in his book so we'll see what happens we're trying to exactly exactly we have seen old cable in here so we're not 100 percent sure what's going on so we will see and on that note folks we can go ahead on to rapid fire spinning it up now so i guess i'll go ahead and get up my one um other one because you seem to have the the, the, the I only have a couple out. more because I covered the other Empire tie-in books really uh, really quickly. Yeah, um, Star Wars Darth Vader number three, or just Darth Vader number three, if you just want to do that. But nevertheless, the, the, the official title is Star Wars Darth Vader number three. Um, and as my notes say, Vader and not Padme are on Naboo meeting up with prequel folks and hiding things from each other. Mostly Vader, of course. Um, and uh, <laughs> um. And I say, so we get um, um, Padme's head of security, who's apparently still around, uh, Typho, you, you know, the black dude with the eye patch from the prequel. Yes. Uh, so he's come back. And the other dude, I think, was also in the prequel, um, whose name is escaping me right now. The bald guy? Huh? The bald white guy? No, not that dude. Uh, this was another This was another in the security details or something like that. But I think this guy was like... Um, I don't remember. I don't know. He if he was around, I, I vaguely remember because Typho obviously you know kind of stood out. But this other guy, I feel like he might have been there, and I just don't you know remember the names. Kind of strikes me as familiar. Put it that way. Um, but he kind of looks like um, Poe Dameron, weirdly enough, in this book. So, so, but that's neither to hear them there. But anyway, they're on Naboo. They're trying to Vader's trying to track down. Um, I, I well, he's. He knows he's trying to find out stuff about Padme's death, but he kind of already knows the, the finer points because he was the cause of it. Um, and I guess so. That's kind of been the crux of this first arc of this book, or maybe even you know what's going on in this book. So he found one of um, Padme's handmaidens who looks oddly enough very much like uh, Padme, which makes sense because if you remember the prequels, that's kind of a thing. Yeah, that exactly. was kind of a thing. So they're on Naboo. They end up. They do end up. Um, to going to underwater to the Gungans. And there's a lot of memories that were brought up in the course of this. And, um, but they're, but the long story short is both sides are kind of playing each other. And one side just struck, um, because apparently the Vader thought he was kind of getting over on them, but apparently they already know what they felt they needed to know. And now they sprung a trap for Vader, which at the end of this issue, um, was sprung, and if you think about what happened in the prequel, especially um, uh, the episode one when it got to Naboo 
and dealing with the Gungans, not necessarily the Gungans themselves, but prior to that, they're meeting with the Gundam, Gungans. I keep wanting to, I almost, I was that close to not saying Gundams, um, but that didn't happen. The Gungans, you know pretty much what shows up here. Um, that And that also uh, gets involved in the trap that is sprung. So we'll see how that plays out, which is a Darth Vader book. This is, it's only going to go one way. <laughs> or a way, anyway. And that is that book. All right. So I will just cover, I, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, I only have a few more books to cover since I covered the Empire tie-ins already at length, or very briefly. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number 45. Uh, without spoiling it for Roddy Cat, who I know is going to read this, the Sin Eater strikes, and there's already a casualty. Or is there an interesting twist at the end of the story? Um, next up is another, believe it or not, potential click of the week. Iron Man 2020 number five. This is a mildly hot take. This is a surprisingly fun and good story. It is probably well worth going back to read the first four issues, but maybe not all the times. And that wraps up my books for this week. Cool. So that leads us into, you know what time it is, folks. Clicks of the week. Week, 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 week. We should really have a sound effect for that. <laughs> I'm outside of that, but... Right. We'll work. We'll workshop. Oh, you mean like something that actually says "clicks of the week"? Yeah, yeah, something. You know, and we already have. Actually, wait. Do we? We did get one from Tim, which right. Is, we do have. We do have a negative click of the week from uh, <laughs> DC underscore Dirt because yes. he was not able to read very many books this week, and he was not a fan of the book that he did read this week. So we don't. We're not going to give. We're not going to throw out a negative click of the week. So uh, PCN underscore dirt uh, respectfully declines to name a click of the week this week. An unclick of the week if if we had right. that category. Uh, but exactly. yeah, Tim's is Empire number three. And did right. you no say anything? There. No surprise there. That was pretty good this week. Yeah. Oh, he said the only that was the only thing he read this week, but he's liking the event. So yes. And maybe and this is this is a key thing. Maybe because it's coming out weekly and they canceled a bunch of tie-ins, which yeah. I, you know, yeah, it gets risk. moving. Yeah, and that's the thing. Cause like monthly tie, monthly. I mean, events they don't normally do monthly like that. There's there's been few of those, uh, especially in the last few years. But yeah, and we're not talk, even talking about uh, that whatever DC uh, Watchmen craziness. Uh, <laughs> that thing. took two years to come out. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait a second, real quick. Real quick. What's out next week? Because I wonder how much Empire is going to be out next week. Oh, I'm sure there's a few things. Let's see. I'm just looking at comic list. I'm not on Diamond. Wait, we normally uh, do this after the show, but yeah, this was there was a curiosity going on here. Right. <laughs> you got wow. That's actually yeah. There's Empire number four is out next week. Mm-hmm. Empire X number two is out next week. FF number twenty two, which I think all of the FF issues are going to be tying into Empire. I think there's at least uh, three or so, which means it's like two. This is the second episode. I think there's probably at least one more. But and again, COVID happened. So mm-hmm. who's to say that a lot of this stuff 
wasn't was or was not in a shape of being ready to go and was going to be weak. This probably was going to be weaker because I think a lot of the Avengers, um, the last few Avengers events have been kind of weekly anyway. So there's definitely yeah, it's definitely coming rapid fire. No pun intended. So um, we will see more Empire next week. Yeah, which yeah, no surprise there. Just just a matter of knowing how much um, right. we're going to get. So uh, like I said, that was Tim's. I'm almost kind of want to go with that, but um, X Factor was pretty good. Cable's actually was pretty good. That's that's what was a yeah. Um, I actually even like Vader, but you know, I, I agree. Know. I'm actually tempted to 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 step away from Empire Number Three, but I love the twist at the end of Empire Number Three. That was just like, oh, that was good. Mm-hmm. They got me. It's like okay, yeah, we didn't we didn't necessarily see that sentence coming, but surprise, not very much surprised that it happened. <laughs> All right, I mean, you know, this is it's one of those things like oh, of course, yeah, you know, but at the same time, it's like oh wow, that was actually really interesting how they pulled that off. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, if you don't necessarily know what happened in the in the Kree Scroll War, War and things uh, and things that happened after that, this may may not be much to you as far as character wise, but. One, and I feel like I don't remember we talking about when we even did our Crucible War uh, episode that we talked about this character that much. But regardless, hey, you can go ahead and go back uh, a few episodes and and watch our uh, Crucible War at the actually at, at this point it was like a month or two ago. It was about a month or so ago. What character? Mantis. Mantis wasn't no, no, around. No, the that. the one that comes in at the end. Oh yes. Because I don't recall that character. Not playing a big role, right? It's the king that pay, that that plays a role, right? They definitely showed up, but yeah, which is um, and they definitely did to go, to go, but definitely was not in you know, like the, it would be something if you didn't know anything about what happened then or you know even after that, you know, this character may or may not mean that much to you, but so. but like I said, you still go back and check out our our, our Kree Scroll War episode for a little little bit of context, um, if you are so inclined. And I'm also yep. trying to stall, just trying to figure out which one, of, which one of these books I want to do. Well, listen, I appreciate that because you know, like basically all the books that you mentioned are right up my list of, you know, things that I really enjoyed reading this week. I mean, um, I wasn't kidding when I said that Iron Man 2020 number five was kind of like, wow, I'm really enjoying like, uh, you know, uh, how this is written. Mm-hmm. Uh, X Factor number one, I thought, just told a really good story and putting together like this misfit group of mutants for a purpose mm-hmm. that actually had a really clear purpose, and I like that. There's nothing wrong with having a team that's just going to go out on an adventure, but I like the fact that there, you know, because of the X Factor investigations uh, uh, direction they want to take it in, mm-hmm. that this group of misfits had a distinct role and purpose in being chosen for this group. There is a part of me I, going into this and, and getting to the parts, you know, getting to the investigative parts. Part of me kind of sort of wishes that it was more like Thorcore, where they had a kind of a homicide life on the street type bend to it. <laughs> like, like Thorcore. I missed that book. That was a good book. I, exactly. Like all of us liked that book when, when we was reading. It. If you haven't read Secret Wars, uh, the last Secret Wars, uh, the Hickman Secret Wars, and read Thorcore's miniseries, that is the one that we have all wholeheartedly just in, straight up enjoyed. 
because uh, it was just good for what it for for what it set up, and we've never seen it since seen anything come out of it since. But then again, it was an alternate universe. Uh, alter, it was a multiversal right. thing. So it's kind of hard to put all those Thors together, given what uh, uh, Jason Aaron put Thor has put Thor through recently. So, but it was so good. It was so, I so good. <laughs> All right, I don't what? say I'm that gonna... that often, so this is like we, none of us say that that often. But it was just right. that good. Anyway, um, I'm going to bite the bullet, and I'm going to name a click of the week, and I am going to deviate from Empire and go with X Factor number one. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I'm actually even going to swerve from that and go with Cable number two. Nice. Because, like, yeah, I enjoy how that read. Like I said, we're not sure what's going on with it, but it was it was a good read, and you know, I, and it makes me hungry for cheesesteaks. There is that. So whenever something like that happens, like you know what, I got to give the nod to it. Like I said, seeing Scott just sitting there, just chilling with his cheesesteak, and I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to eat my cheesecake, Emma. Come on, <laughs> not without even actually saying that, but you 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 know you could you could even tell it in his demeanor. Um, and which actually had me hexed in the question. I'm like, wait, has Scott never in all this time ever never had a cheesesteak? Or maybe he's just like, you know, a lot of people was like, well, if you're in Philly, he was going to do it anyway. And not just because a uh, dude said something. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, Cable number two for me, X Factor number one for, for Agent 70, and Empire three for Timothy. Uh, and with that, we will get into uh, the news of the week. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read is for Funko. Fun at first sight. Your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise including custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we start off as we do every week with the cinematic news. Uh, First up. Uh, from some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, which apparently there was a good bit of in the last week. Uh, last week. Right, uh, they're ramping up towards their uh, last two episodes, I think. Yep, yep. Uh, Simmons' secret take a sinister turn. Um, so this is a spoiler for, as I have seen, which was like was might have been last week's episode, uh, or before last's episode of... Um, of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So apparently something happened to Jim Simmons. Uh, you you know her lover as one part of Fitzsimmons. If you if you actually paid attention to the show, probably but no, not that many people have. But regardless, uh, something has happened to her recently, and she she uh, had some stuff locked away that is uh, with some device uh, that maybe she made, and they had to remove it because they were in trouble, or they had to to to, to fix their uh, machine, and that she had the one with the knowledge. And which uncovered some other things uh, from Simmons. 
And I'm being kind of vague about this because I'm not caught up. So I don't even know. So we're just going to move on and say that, yep, some things happened with Simmons and we found out some things. And uh, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still goes on, folks. Next. Yep. Next up, continuing on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. train, Daisy Johnson's family just got a little bigger. In After Before, the latest Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, Elena, Yo-Yo, Rodriguez, and May headed to Afterlife, that's the Inhuman City, in an effort to restore Yo-Yo's powers. There, they met a young Inhuman named Korra, who just so happens to be Jia Ying's daughter and thus Daisy's older sister. There you go. I was about to throw that in. Yeah, and apparently they just just kind of skimming this article. Apparently they found a way to bring Jain back for a a minute or two or something because, you know, she was pretty much dead on the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to, actually, uh, the Terrigen Mist, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yay, remember when that was a thing? Then they were trying to make Inhumans uh, a thing. They had all those (laughs) events. And yes, that also bled over into the the TV version of the MCU. So, yes. That's Remember funny. when Daisy Johnson was Sky, folks, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. But, yeah, that's the thing that happened. Next up, uh, speaking of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to honor Bill Paxton by featuring his son in next episode, um, which uh, this was six days ago, so I'm thinking that show may, that, that episode may or may not. Because I can't remember when that show actually comes out. Um, but regardless. Yeah, it's so, Wednesday. It comes out Wednesday night. Okay, so it's already happened. Um, so yeah, so by now you probably have already seen it. Uh, we no, don't... no, this one, uh, this this one is in the next up is actually in I think next week's episode. Oh well, this was from six days ago, so I assumed it was from this week. I think this is the penultimate. Okay, I think this penultimate episode. Uh, I mean, uh, the, this week's episode where. We're recording this on Thursday, July 30th. So this this week's episode, which aired on the 29th, um, was the third to last. So mm-hmm. I think next week is second to last. And I think that's the episode that – or maybe it was the last episode that Paxton – I read this somewhere, and I apologize for not having uh, complete uh, No, actually it says – because the, 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 the tweet that is attached to this article says Wednesday, July 29th. Okay. So from from uh, from Paxton's son, he says, uh, "I love it, Irene. Thanks. Uh, looks like the cat's out of the bag. You'll see a familiar face if you check out next week's episode of Agents of Shield, Wednesday, July 29th. So yeah, so definitely that oh, okay. last. What's this? Okay. Yeah. So I I'm, and I guess it would make sense because knowing that um, Agents of Shield at this point are doing a time travel thing. I guess they could pull that off because, and I think they were still in the seventies, which would mean the younger version of Bill Paxton's character is, can be in because it's being played by his son. If that's how they play it. I assume that's how they played it. And it would make total sense given what they're doing. So if you've seen it, Hey, you know, I hadn't, I'm mm-hmm. nowhere near season, the season seven. I'm still like at the tail end of season four and I haven't really gone back to it yet. So, yeah, there's a the thing, folks. Uh, homage to, to Bill Paxton. Um, actually, Twister is on, um, on a side note, Twister is on, on um, Netflix. And I was like two seconds from watching it uh, the other night. Or was it, wait, is it, was it, is it Netflix? Yeah, I think it's on Netflix. Anyway, regardless, Twister is not a great movie, but it's a good movie. I, I, I genuinely enjoy Twister. Just check that out. Uh, Rip Bill Paxton. Next up. 
<laughs> All right. Um, Daredevil actor Peter Shinkoda says Jeff Loeb told the writers on the Daredevil show to not to develop Asian actors. So, um, in an effort to drum up support for a revival of Netflix's now canceled Daredevil uh, live action series, the hashtag Save Daredevil campaign gathered a trio of actors from the show to field questions from the fandom and to talk about their experiences shooting. While much of the conversation centered on positive experiences the actors had on set, Peter Shinkoda, who played Nobu, took a moment to be frank and honest about one negative element of the production that he says led directly to the sidelining of his character. While talking about the backstory for Nobu that he developed, Shinkoda began to give an explanation as to why, after spending a significant chunk of Daredevil's first season playing one of the show's more prominent villains, who ends up dying in a freak accident. He then reappeared late in Daredevil's second season in a handful of episodes with no real character development. So apparently, um, without reading, you know, you know, if you have the if you have the uh, the story in front of you, Roddy Cat, I guess you can follow up on this. But apparently, uh, Shinkoda states that Loeb says that uh, nobody cares about the Asian characters anyway. Right. So um, yeah. So, so there's right. So down in the article is uh, a link to the live stream where uh, uh, um, Shinkoda and and company were were basically talking about stuff, and he says here. That uh, according to Shinkoda, there were original plans to delve deeper into Nobu's character and flesh out his dynamic with Madame Gao. Uh, but those ideas were sidelined thanks to then Marvel TV head Jeff Loeb. Loeb's reasoning, uh, Shinkoda says, boiled down to his belief that, quote unquote, nobody cares about Chinese people and Asian people. Uh, he, th- he also goes on to say Jeff Loeb told the writer's room not to write for Nobu and Gao. Um, this is, was iter- reiterated many times by many of the writers and showrunners that no one, nobody cares about Chinese people and Asian people. Um, there are three previous Marvel movies, a trilogy called Blade, where Wesley Snipes killed 200 Asians each movie. No one, nobody gives a shit. Uh, so don't write about Nobu and Gao. And they were forced to put the, their storyline down and drop it, according to Shinkoda. So yeah, and again, you you know the the live stream uh, is a test. Yeah, so we were talking about this kind of before the show. Like, if the, I have no reason to believe that this is not a thing that that, that this is the thing that happened, I I wouldn't be shocked if it actually, you know, I feel like there's enough evidence to to, to believe that. Yeah, I he would have no reason to lie about this. Right, right. That's the thing. As much as I would want to wait for corroborating evidence if this does not seem like something that people would that someone would make up on a whim right and if you think about how daredevil went it totally makes sense because a lot of that stuff did not make any kind of sense the way the uh, characters was going so that's that's another uh that's another not another messed up part uh, of marvel's uh dealings and things yeah specifically on the tv front yeah, good job, Jeff Loeb. That's one person that won't be looking for your autograph on those um, those color limited series, you know, like Spider Man Blue, Hulk Green, you know. Mm. Wrote those like, up. Oh, guess what? You're not. I'm not uh, looking to uh, get those autographs from you anytime soon, schmuck. 
Yeah, and apparently this, this article goes on to, to mention some stuff about Iron Fist and something that happened at Comic Con uh, in uh, a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, he came dressed in a gi. Yes. Oh, like and 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 uh, and and Jessica Henwick told him to take it off because she's of Asian descent too. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, and of course, people on social media have been you know. Not with the fervor that you would think would have been the case, but there's also some well, we've been new type situations because you know they made Iron Fist. Well, I mean, Iron Fist was white, but you know what I'm saying. The, the exactly. people who That's, always thought that uh, Iron bringing that up isn't the isn't the strongest uh, argument because you know that's actually the character. Yeah, you know, and I know, and I understand the the motivation behind actually making that. Uh, an Asian character, but you know, I under, I also understand the idea of you know keeping the character uh, the way he was because guess what they're doing a Shang Chi movie to keep you know that's yeah. the that's that's the faithful um, uh, uh, character uh, representation. So. But they've also changed other characters to not what they were and not in a good way. Like there's you know, or get certain characters you know. I mean, right. I would say that they wasted Idris Elba. Um, changing, changing Heimdall. I mean, you know? there was also that, but there, there's a few things you could probably point to that was like, you know what, they, they, they something could have been different. Um, but yeah, I do agree with that. Either way, so this is what we got here right now, and of course, there were somebody on some people on um, social media that brought up the fact that um, C.B. Sabolsky wrote as an Asian man uh, back in the day because that one will never leave people's thoughts, some people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not great. Uh, moving right along. Oh, you got the good one. Oh, wait, I did What's that? Never this mind. One you got. Yeah. Yeah, I got this one. Yay. Rumor. <laughs> <laughs> After oh, all like this. I just did the other one. Yeah, no. Okay. See, yeah, look, folks. We get to talking. So I keep, you know, lose track of who said what and who started this all thing. It's all good. Uh, but here's the rumor, folks, and a great rumor because we love Michelle Yeoh. Who could possibly be joining the the aforementioned uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten uh, Rings cast? Because apparently she is in Sydney. She was in Sydney being tested for COVID, um, which people are taking could mean that she's, you know, she's there to be in the Shang-Chi movie, which is also filming there. Now, granted, there could be many other reasons why she's there. Uh, but she, she it's be, highly suspicious. But, yeah, like coincident is what it is. You know, I guess even in day, this day and age. But then again, you have to think about the people who are picking this stuff up and kind of running with it. So, um, which is why rumor. Thankfully, they said rumor on the thing. I would have said that regardless of they didn't, because sometimes some of these reports and rumors are written as fact and end up not being the case but yeah so here we go and i and i hate to show this picture so i'm just going to glance past it real quick uh we see a, a picture of uh michelle yo uh from her i guess a fan her a fan a no i think that's her instagram is it wait oh yeah michelle oh yeah 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 it is her so her instagram um her having her picture being taken yeah uh, getting the uh covet test which is you know that the look she gives i would not want to go through that because that yeah it's the swab up the nose exactly all the way up the nose at that so that's not a that's that that's not a good it's not a good feeling 
That's not a good feeling at all. So yeah, she and she says in the Instagram post, second test, sorry so wimpy. Uh then fab dinner to calm nerves. Four more days. Now again, there's no context as, as to why she's there or whatever, you know, whatever. But like I said, people have taken it to be that. Um and yeah, this article also mentions that she's she's this is not her first to, if this was the case, this is not her first foray into the Marvel Universe because she was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Which was a welcome surprise. Oh yeah, as a Ravager. Yep. So, you know, we'll see if that actually pans out into as uh and Agent Seven, I don't know if you want to mention what you mentioned uh, earlier about the her being if this was indeed true and the casting what you said earlier. Oh, you mean uh, the people who are commenting on her social media post? Uh, there's that, but just the fact that she's in this cast with other people who were, were uh, in... Um... Oh, it's it's Crazy Rich Asians in the Shang-Chi movie, yeah. Right, because they just was like, yeah, pretty much a, a, a bunch of the people uh, associated with the Shang-Chi's movie has also been in uh, Crazy Rich a- Asians. Yeah, we're just we're, we're just missing um, the two main uh, the, the the leads in Crazy Rich Asians, uh, Henry Golding and Constance Wu. But you know they'll they'll probably have maybe they'll have walk on appearances. You never know. Yeah, you never so, know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, and I think I possibly that's like hey, the, the Black Panther did it with a, with a bunch of black people that was in it. So I I welcome this. <laughs> I wouldn't mad if that wasn't the case. Get all the Asians in here and and doing things. Yeah. So. Get them, get them the exposure. Yeah, you no. know, hello, Peter Shinkoda. We'll bring you in as a Japanese character. Yeah, that would you be know? dope. Yeah. So, plus, again, Michelle Yeoh. So. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, she's classic. I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice. It would be nice. Oh, that's a Hamilton <laughs> reference, folks. And the one uh, that I actually know now. Oh, we can talk about that after the show. <laughs> uh so uh, what I was going to mention is that um, oh damn it now I'm, uh, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's too busy uh, to think about Hamilton. <laughs> um, oh, now I remember. It would be nice to see uh, Jackie Chan make a cameo appearance in this somehow. Yes. Oh yeah, that would it be dope. Really, it really would. You know, as like a as part of you know you know like just to give him a shout. You know, exactly. And speaking of shout shout outs, uh, shout out to my friend KK who also who was actually the one I was watching Hamilton with, who's in the chat uh, right now. So shout out to you, KK. Um, but yes, we're we're going to move on. Uh, we're, I don't think we're going to do a Hamilton uh, uh, treasure edition, folks, because it's kind of outside of the purview of uh, you know of what we do. We probably could, because hell, we've done Fast and the Furious. So <laughs> I mean, we could gin up a reason. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, so, so you know, but I mean, who hasn't seen it at this point? So it's kind of it's, it's a little, you know, it's, it's not come necessary. on, people. I still know people that one, you know, heard about it coming out on Disney Plus and still haven't subscribed. Oh, I mean, I know of a couple of people. Hell, again, I just saw it a couple of days ago. So you know, but right. so that's right. that. Next up. Next up, New Mutants director Josh Boone has revealed that he has little concern over the film being released in theaters or via a streaming platform, as long as audiences can finally see it. Boone mentioned that he isn't worried about the possibility of the movie premiering on a streaming service when speaking with comicbook.com. So obviously, if we can do it in theaters, that's always his first choice, the director said. But like Disney, But if Disney came to him, and said that they were going to stream it, he'd be, he'd say it's awesome. 
you know, then everybody can watch it. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. But we know it's the powers that be that's probably like trying to. I, I know I have I've thought of it like this. Like yeah, they they spent X amount of money, no pun intended, uh, in 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 this long beleaguered movie that they still feel like it should be in the theater so they can get maximum money because they think theaters they still that old school thinking that you know theaters is the way to go. And this movie in the troubles that it has had would say otherwise <laughs> in that, you know what? Streaming's fine. We're, you know, we're, we're not in a situation where even if it was in theaters, it probably, it would probably do better in streaming right now than it would ever do in, in theaters at this point. It's my yeah, theory. Pro- probably in terms of viewing, you know, in, ter- in terms of viewers, the problem is they own it. You know, it's yeah. not like, uh, uh, you know, it'll be difficult for them to, uh, to kind of figure out how much they're making off it. So, who cares they've got money trucks of they have fucking money bins full of money this is a drop in the bucket off of an acquisition i guess i know still money and it is what it is but right balance i was about to say balance sheets are balance sheets especially in the era of covid19 so Mm -hmm. uh you know we'll see how they figure that one out but anyway you've got next yep the New Mutants, speaking of, uh, revised synopsis confirms link to established X-Men character, and apparently that character is, which should be probably no surprise, Colossus. Because, hey, guess what? His little sister's a, a New Mutant. Yep. So, goes, goes to Sacramento. And by the way, folks, I'll go ahead and say this now before the next one pops up. Uh, uh, Comic-Con at home has happened. We talked about it last week. There's a bunch of panels. Uh, a lot of this stuff, particularly this uh, this piece of news here, is coming from the New Mutants panel. Or, or seemingly coming from the New Mutants panel. Actually, I'm not sure about this particular one. This one might not be. Um... Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say anything about the the panel, but the panels are out there on YouTube for you for you to root. There's actually some pretty good panels out there. Um, I've watched a couple of them. This one, I think I, I we were talking before the show. I watched like the beginning of it to to see the trailer. Um, I believe Agent Seventy did too, but I didn't right. really go into it. But the cast looks cute, and you know, and I still have a problem with uh, the the casting of Roberto, but that, that's not going to change at this point. So. <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, it seems like the synopsis points to the fact that Colossus is, you know, I like to Colossus, which again should be no surprise. Um, which we've seen mostly on Deadpool in Deadpool movie as opposed to um X Men proper, which we have shown seen him in X Men movies, but still at this point. Next up. Next up, so uh, the cast and crew uh, were speaking on that uh, that panel for uh, Comic Con at home, and they discussed Wolf's Bane and Danny Moonstar's romance. So, um, Rain Sinclair slash Wolf's Bane, played by Maisie Williams, and Danny Moonstar slash Mirage, played by Blue Hunt, um, discussed during the panel that um, uh, discussed the romance and how it came to be. Uh, Maisie Williams recounted how she got the part as Wolfsbane and how that led to Hunt getting the role of Danny. I met with uh, she met with director Josh Boone a while back and ended up getting the part of Rain. And we, and they did a bunch of chemistry reads to find Danny. The Game of Thrones alum explains she and Hunt clicked almost immediately just from the f- first audition we did together. We got on so well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So. I've, the obvious thing to point out here is uh, apparently they are making up a 
well, I guess they are. No, I was going to say they're. I, I was going to say expanding, but it's not necessarily expanding because we know in the comic books, you know, they have a relationship because they have a link between each other because of their due to their powers, uh, how right. they, how their powers link together. But as far as I can remember, never actually went romantically because like, right. uh, uh, Reigns fourteen, uh, and very Catholic, and uh, uh, Danny's like. Was Danny's like probably like 17, 18 at the, the beginning? I'd say 16, 17. Yeah. She's I just, think, she's, she's only a little the, older. She's I remember, one of the older ones, right. I, I think Chan is still the but, oldest. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, Rain's, uh, didn't, uh, Rain didn't get a, a romantic interest until they met that other wolf boy. Correct. Right? Do you remember that? Yeah. In the, in the new book? So. So yeah, so yeah, this is you know like I I I legitimately mean expanded upon because you know they do have a, a, a psychic connection based upon uh, Danny's powers and Wolfsbane becoming a, a wolf. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it's you know it, it's a tweak for uh, modern storytelling. But you know, but and I'm only bringing it up because you know that those people stupid ass people are like oh they just try to investigate the bad guy. Just shut up. Uh, but regardless, um, I was about to say it's unfortunate that um, you know they're using the demon bear storyline to kind of squeeze that little plot device in. It'd be nice if they had more room for it. The demon bear storyline that we actually went over is pretty frightening. It's pretty contained so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, maybe if this movie, I mean, this long again, long beleaguered movie you know, actually gets out and does some numbers or whatever, they'll do another one while this cast is still relatively young enough to be able to play new mutants. <laughs> right. But then again, right. hell, the, as the oldest, you know, we'll get X-Force. Oh God. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Well, actually, well, supposedly, supposedly Deadpool three was, or Deadpool between Deadpool two was supposed to be kind of hinting towards they're trying to go to, to X-Force uh, for three. Yeah. So yeah, that's, Probably in the cards at some point anyway. But last thing I was just gonna say is like Blue Hunt's hair is amazing in this in this uh if you've watched the um <laughs> if you watched the or even if you're looking at the video right now, which sometimes you should, by the way, when we're recording. Um Blue Hunt hair, which I'm pointing to, is her hair is just out there and amazing right now. Um Yay. on the live stream. Uh, so, but, but yeah, but it was a cute live stream. You should check that out. Um, I didn't get all the way through it just yet, but it was, it was all right. Anyway, next up. Do um, hold on for a second. I'm trying to want to make sure that this was indeed the one and not something. Okay, yeah, you. I would get this one. Man of Steel alternate ending would have revo- rev- removed the movie's most controversial moment, and. That apparently not the the millions and millions of dollars of damage that uh, Zod and Superman's fight you know brings up, but the fact that Zod dies. Mm. Spoiler alert for an um, X amount of year old movie. But it says here that uh, uh, basically I'll just read the top line because it's not even worth thinking to. It felt like a cop out for, for the story we were telling, and I guess that's from what David Goyer who. You know, uh, was this um, who was talking in this article about who wrote that movie? You would know, yeah, basically. So, next up, all right, next up, um, Zack Snyder. Gosh, 
Zack Snyder debuts new Justice League clip featuring Superman in a black suit. So, um, which we kind of saw, but yeah, exactly. The celebration of the Justice League Snyder cut included an appearance from the man himself, director Zack Snyder, who revealed a new clip from the movie featuring the first ever in motion shot of the black suit Superman. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, that's the thing. God, dark on hate. A man, see, just never mind. Auto, auto playing videos. I just hate it, and I hate Newsarama being bought for them to get sullied. Anyway, Zack Snyder's North Mythology Netflix show is in production. Um, so yeah, Jay Olivia, oh, Oliva, Oliva, excuse me, has confirmed that his upcoming Netflix anime series based on North Mythology which he is Cole Hellman with longtime partner Zack Snyder, is also is already in production. Uh, the series will be the second to come out of Oliver's uh, animation studio, Lex and Otis, following the impending release of Trace. I guess that's how it's pronounced. Uh, another Netflix original anime based on the comics by uh, Filipino writer Bujet Tan and artist Kajo Baldissimo. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing those names right. My apologies if I don't, if I'm not. Uh, so yeah, there was a panel for Justice Con. That's a thing. Um, anyway, where he confirmed the progress on the North Smith, North Smith show, saying that the series is in production right now, and Netflix is super jazzed, in his words. Uh, and then went on to discuss some other things, and Zack Snyder. Uh, I'm going to point, say something right here, right now, speaking of Netflix, that uh, as of right now, uh, as the time of his recording, Transformers War for Cybertron Siege is now on Netflix. Go check that out. It looks great. Um, yeah. Because it came out it today. Up. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, uh, uh, I think I saw um, a notification that it was out today. Mm-hmm. And it's still, like, I watched, like, the first minute or so of it, and they really trying to make uh, Bumblebee into a thing, huh? What they've been doing for years. Always the new character in the comics. That's the thing. I mean, he was a little bit in the cartoon, but more so in the comics. Yeah, I mean, not to this extent. Like, come on, in the last few years, like especially with the comic books recent, like like Bumblebee is now the le- was now the leader of the of the Autobots for a while. Uh, but they're, you know, I don't think the character was actually ever worth it. But that's just, just me. This is me. I had to figure. That's fine. Uh, that has nothing to do with what I just said, but still. Um, right. I just remember him being the point of view character because he was the one in the Marvel comics that right. made contact with the Witwickies. Yes, yes. This is true. And But but I'm saying, but they have even gone since then. But now, he, I, I don't want to give away what, what they have him as at the start of, but it seemed like it's starting to play off some of the stuff that uh, he's not the leader, definitely, but um, it's starting to play off some of the stuff that, that's in the, the past volumes of the recent, uh, not recent, but uh, of Transformers. Like the last few, the, the the value from a couple of years ago might be playing on some of that. I'm not entirely sure because, like I said, I only read it, watched a couple of recent And the way they did uh, Wheeljack in that first minute, I ain't liking it. I'm not, not liking it at all. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Let's take a look. Anyway, look. That, but back to the, yeah, but back <laughs> to this. Next up, next up, um, with COVID nineteen <clears throat> affecting the release dates of several films, Hollywood has turned to re releases of old movies to help support the theater business. One of these films will feature a look at two upcoming blockbusters. 
to promote Christopher Nolan's Tenet, a 10th anniversary screening of Inception has been planned. According to Palad Teatret in Denmark, of all places, the re-release is set to feature the first trailer for Denis Villeneuve's Dune, as well as a new trailer for Wonder Woman 1984. In addition, audiences will get an extended look at Tenet. Is it the same extended look that we got uh, with the movie uh, in the fall, in the spring, or in the fall? Yeah, you kind of have to wonder about that. Who knows? Right. Uh, directed and co-written by Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman 1984 stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, and Natasha Rothwell. The film arrives in theaters October 2nd. Yeah. Everything, yeah, I was about to say, uh, God willing, everything works out for that. Exactly. That tenant look, movie looks looked like uh, Inception Part 2 and looks good. It's a Nolan movie proper, so I'm sure. It's not, as far as I know, mm-hmm. it's not comic related, but you know. It's 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 in there. Next up, watch our Constantine fifteenth anniversary reunion with Keanu Reeves, uh, Francis Lawrence, and Akiva Goldsman. So yeah, this happened again. Comic Con at home, there was a Constantine fifteenth anniversary reunion, and of course, I'm sure a lot of people watched it because Keanu was there. Um, and I know he was, um, you know, he was being his adorable Keanu self in a couple of instances that I've seen gifs of. <laughs> So and giving props to folks here and there and all over the place, but so I still have yet to see that movie. I'm gonna go ahead and say this again. I think I said it last week. I've not seen that version of Constantine. Same here. I haven't watched it. Um, I believe it is out on. If it's not on on Netflix, it's on Disney Plus. It's on HBO one. Of Max? Yeah, on HBO Max. Excuse me. Um, it's on one of those. I can't remember which one it is though, but it's definitely out there. So one of these days, Maybe I'm actually going to watch it. Next story. <laughs> you know, right? You're gonna make me look while I read this next story. All right. Um, next up, Watchmen led the 72nd Emmy Awards with 26 nominations overall, including Outstanding Limited Series and Top Awards for actors Regina King and Jeremy Irons. Regina King was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or a Television Movie, and Jeremy Irons was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actor in the same category. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Yovan Adepo, and Louis Gossett Jr. were nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Limited Series, while Gene Smart was nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actress. Good for them. Indeed. Sorry, I was actually looking at it. According to Just Watch, it says it's on Hulu, but... um... I'm not seeing it on HBO yeah. Max. Uh, yeah, I was say, I'm not seeing it on HBO Max. I just started looking for it. Yeah, but why? So I will I will do this next story while you continue to look and say that Star Trek Discovery Season 3 premiere date has been revealed, which I could have sworn it already has, but apparently not. Uh, according to these folks, uh, the third season is set to premiere on October 15th of this year. So, and of yes, course, Constantine is on Hulu. Okay. Is it also on anywhere else? I thought it was somebody else, though. Uh, I don't know. Netflix, maybe? Uh, I'm about to check right now. Because I feel like I have, I have seen it somewhere else. Because we've talked about the fact that I'm, I'm, I've got, gave up um, this priest. Not that one. Um, it does not appear to be. Nope. I think it's just blue. That sucks. 
because I could have sworn I saw it someplace recently, unless it was on there and it was like, and it was taken off. But and they just moved it. Yeah, they, it might have just moved. The licensing might have just moved it to another streamer. That sucks, because um, no, Hulu is not a good proposition at this point <laughs> for me. Yeah, I was about to say only only if you're uh, uh, let's say um, writing somebody's coattails. <laughs> yes, if you have the ability to use someone else's account, yes, that's there you go. That's one way to put it. Yeah. Anyway, moving right along. All right. So next up, uh, so you did the Discovery season three, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek SDCC twenty twenty panel was temporarily blocked on YouTube by a copyright complaint because they were reading. Uh, what was it? They were reading a script. Uh yeah, it, I only reason I put this in there because it's kind of funny that 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 happened. Um, yeah, it was. It, my understanding is that it was temporary. It was, yeah, but it wasn't. It also was not the only panel that happened to. So people right. clearly are really getting stupid because they have no they're, they're, uh, nothing to do. Like these are official panels that from an official thing that right. you know that was the thing, and somebody was like, "Oh, oh, I can't do my job, so I'm just going to go out here and do." Or YouTube's algorithm is still kind of messed up, which is also right. probably I, the I case. I suspect that's probably what it was. And it was. I think it was a little bit of both uh, at this point. Because if it's not, if it wasn't YouTube's uh, algorithm, which it does uh, say so here, because um, matter of fact, it says yeah, the reason these Comic Con fans were getting blocked with co- blocked with copyright claims is because of how YouTube identifies when videos infringe on what is acceptable and fair use. I I suspect we may have also fallen prey to that. Yes, stupid fallen prey to the algorithm. Yes, yeah, but we won't talk about that that, that long lost episode of this show. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't that long ago. Um, nope, not at all. Yeah, uh, every video that is on YouTube is scanned against the database of content. Blah 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 blah. Regardless, it got caught up in, in YouTube. Because we need to go through that. But this again was an official. Um, it was an official Comic Con panel and officially licensed. Been, That's yes. really the yes. That just happened to get swept over for no reason at all. Uh, but again, it, it was temporary, and the that one, and I believe some of the other ones uh, that was also stricken are back now. Also, yep. Next up, uh, you can now buy some of the most iconic props and costumes from Alien, Breaking Bad, and more. And the only reason why I put this in here because people like props and stuff. So Alien, there is a actual comic book in the Alien franchise, and Marvel's about to get it again. So we're about to see some slow some more stuff. I said all in one breath, and I didn't have to. Um, so, let's see. Ever fancied owning, owning the actual Nostromo using Alien? Or what about Walt Hazmat, uh, Walt's Hazmat suit from, from Brian, by Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad? By the way, um, apparently Brian Cranston has uh, COVID and is recovering. Um, we saw earlier before the show. So, uh, apparently, Prop House are hosting an auction on August 26th and 27th, and their lots uh, feature a treasure trove of some of the greatest costumes, props, and memorabilia in film and TV history. But they cost a pretty penny. Not surprised. There's a listing that you can go check out. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. And apparently, amongst the highlights include several of Wolverine's Animanium Claws, Tom Cruise's flight helmet from Top Gun, uh, and a T-800 endoskeleton arm from T-2 Judgment Day. Um, 
and apparently a camera from. Is it from, an auction? Yeah, it's an auction. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, some of that stuff is going to go for Boku bucks. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, what I was about to say was uh, for movie buffs out there, there are some real finds here to be had. Take Alfred Hitchcock's first unit camera from the filming of Vertigo, yours for around $50,000. Of course. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Return of the Jedi 35 millimeter trailer reel film at 300 And excellent. I mean, I don't know if I would want Maverick's helmet, but it'd be nice to have Goose's helmet. Uh, I probably wouldn't mind having a um, a Wolverine, uh, an an aluminium arm. I'm not even the biggest Wolverine fan, but that'd be kind of cool. I mean, a T-800 endoskeleton wouldn't be bad either, but, you know, I ain't got the kind of money. But if you happen to be in L.A. in August, you can view the collection for yourself just for just 16 bucks. Okay, so, yeah, so you can go see it uh, in addition to being able to, to bid on it and list it at the site. And apparently there's a lot of stuff. Um, it's like 868 strong selection. So if y'all got money like that, go for it. Have have at it. Next up. All right, next up. Uh, the Witcher Blood Origin is a six-part prequel co- coming to Netflix. Netflix's adaptation of The Witcher has already spawned a second season and an animated movie. And now you can add another brand extension onto the lengthening list. The Witcher Blood Origin is a live-action six-part prequel series set more than a thousand years before Geralt started stomping around the continent looking like um, uh, looking like Ross from Friends and um, Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park in uh, leather pants and that baggy shirt. <laughs> nice. Uh, folks, I saw, a meme. I saw a meme. That's what it popped into my head all of a sudden. Nice. Uh, folks, clean your headphones or use these handy dandy uh, earphone pads. But we're not, we're, we don't have, we're not getting sponsored by that. I'm just saying that because of something I just saw just a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, uh, Joe Manganiello, Manganiello is a fallen hero, super, is a fallen superhero in the intense first trailer for Arch Enemy. Um, so shout out to Joe Manganiello, who's uh, getting more into, into the superhero sci-fi stuff. Uh, after a brief turn in DC's uh, in the universe's Deathstroke and a post-credit scene for Justice League, Joe Manganiello uh, returns. He's also sounds seeming like a big, real big nerd. Cause I know he's he's into like he's D&D a huge and stuff. D and D guy. Yes. So there's, he's a there's, huge. He, like he runs his own game. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, which we have a finisher, and we've talked about that before. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I was about to say, I don't know if you saw any of the uh, what's call. He's one of those. Um, he's he's one of those uh, role play D and D guys that has um, setups. You know, with um, you know, for miniature battles and stuff. Uh, I feel like I've seen him talk about it. Yeah, with um, old girl from um, from uh, Deborah Wall. So I, and right, and, right, right, right. So yeah, I think that's where I saw it too. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's he's actually really into it. That's yeah. pretty. Uh, I think Sophia, his wife Sophia Vergara, makes fun of him. For oh, it. right, he is married to her. Oh shit, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Anyway, um, oh, you know what? I also realized what's so that? I saw a meme. I hate, I can't believe we're spending this much time on Joe Manganiello. <laughs> Manganiello. Um, he was Flash Thompson in the first Spider Man movie. Was it the the, the, the Tobey Maguire? Maguire? Huh. Yeah, I don't remember that, but okay, bet. 
Don't make me watch that movie again. No, actually, that one was good. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. I, was about to say, I don't mind the first one. No, no, yeah, I the first two was great. Mine. The first two were all right. Yeah, first two were all right. I still haven't watched three. We've already talked yeah, about that at length. Three, stay away. All yeah. right. So but anyway, so back to this. Yeah, so um, see, the Gritty Grounded movie has Manganello man, uh, portray a character named Max Fist, which, wow, what a name. Um, a violent man who claims to be a superhero that failed through the cracks of space and time from his home dimension to arrive on Earth powerless. Why does that sound familiar? Um, why is this missed as delusional? Max will team up with a local teenager and his older sister to take down a powerful drug syndicate in the dark, desperate adventure. And again, it is called uh, Arch Enemy. Arch, yeah, Arch Enemy. And it totally sounds like um, a couple of movies that I can that I'm starting to blank on right now. <laughs> okay, so. But I feel like if by that description, you know what I'm talking about. And if I think about it in the next minute or two, then so be it. Next up. All right, next up. Uh, the first season of The Mandalorian ended with the reveal that Moff Gideon Giancarlo Esposito is in possession of the Darksaber, yes. a legendary black-bladed lightsaber. While it only made a brief appearance in season one of the Disney Plus series, Esposito promised that season two will explore its history and explain how his character got his hands on it. Better. You'll see more of the Darksaber. You'll get the explanation of this ancient weapon to the modern world, a collapsed world. Esposito told Deadline on the heels of receiving an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Where did the saber come from, and how was it revived? It's a key in our second season, which will be back sooner than later. Cool. I mean, we kind of already know that from, you know, if you've watched uh, 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 Rebels and Clone Wars and such, because, you know, that's some of that's been taken, taken, taken. But I guess this is some further stuff as to how he got his hands to it, which I'm excited right. for because, you know, the, the Darksaber is dope. And uh, if you if you know your Mandalorian, ha um, your 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 Mandalorian history, um, then you know that is a very, um, is a, a very key symbol for them. Anyway, well, more on that whenever the Mandalorian season two happens. It looks like arriving in October. Yay! Mm-hmm. So I would actually probably go back and watch the season two before that happens. I mean, season one again before that happens. All right. Next up. Uh, yeah, Ron Howard confirms Lucasfilm isn't developing a solo sequel. One, he would probably know. Two, not yet, anyway. Right. <laughs> um, the, the cynic enemy is saying. Anyway, even though Solo a Star Wars story probably doesn't rank highly on anyone's list. I mean, I thought it was all right. Um, the, the movie it's better ended, than I thought it would be. It's better than probably had a right to be. Um, mm-hmm. Despite... I I still groan at the fact that hey how you guys name it some other stuff we don't need to go into that uh, the movie ended on a pretty big cliffhanger when it was released in 2018 so it makes sense that some fans are hoping to get a sequel I don't necessarily think that it has to need a sequel just because of that and I don't know how much of a sequel that was a click cliffhanger light because let's just face it it just ended like that could have been something that was already coming somewhere else anyway. That's my that's my editorializing of the problems. But anyway, last few years rumors that uh, Lucasfilm plans for uh, young Han Solo to con- have continued to swirl on, but now a new adult update has come courtesy of director Ron Howard, and it's not very reassuring. Um, Howard recently spoke to Radio Andy on Series XM 
uh, about uh, the various projects he's currently working on. Sadly, his upcoming slate doesn't include a solo follow-up. His uh, upcoming slate, put that there. Uh, he says, and I quote, uh, well, there's no sequel planned now, said Howard, and it's amazing to be a part of the Star Wars movie that seemed to be kind of an underground hit, which is not what you expect. Uh, but that's been an odd, strange journey for that movie. It's also an odd and strange that Ron Howard <laughs> was one doing a Star Wars movie and came in on that one. Um, right. Or any of them at that point. Uh, but shout out to Opie. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much that. Um, the the rumors have been swirling about, especially recently, about a solo follow up, which wouldn't be solo anymore if it gets a follow up. Oh no! <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. Yeah. Uh, but so during the same interview with Radio Andy, Howard claimed that their long gestating Willow sequel series is in active development at Disney Plus. So, yeah, we'll probably get some Willow out of the out of uh, out of this thing, if nothing else. But there's also the rumors that uh, Danny uh, Danny Glover, Lord, excuse me, um, um, Donald Glover will will uh, resume his Lando Calrissiannessness in a possible Disney Plus show. So, but that is still up in up in air and rumored. I know much to the light. I'm pretty sure of one KK, but you know, if that is the case, who is not a big Star Wars fan, I'm trying to put her out on black slide there. But nevertheless, here we go. Next up, oh, we are going into actually the comic book news. And you know what? You start us off. This is Toy Corner. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we talked about this stuff kind of briefly, kind of in the past, but well, at least last, yeah, this was this specifically one, yeah, last this week. Up, yeah, this one brings up some painful memories. <laughs> Star Wars Hasbro reveals new figures inspired by the Clone Wars finale season on uh, Disney Plus. Hasbro has revealed a new wave of six-inch Star Wars: The Black Series action figures inspired by the final season of the Clone Wars. Based on the climactic Siege of Mandalore storyline, this wave features a new rendition, an animated rendition of Ahsoka Tano, along with a 332nd Legion clone trooper and two types of Mandalorian warriors. And Ahsoka sold out in minutes. And I didn't get to it in time, and that sucks. Gotta wait for the general release, and that sucks. Yeah, which will probably sell out then, too. Yeah, it's it's pretty that's that's pretty rough. Star Wars stuff, you know. Given that, um, you know, we have one less, you know, and it's been a while. Obviously, we have one less major retailer. You know, we don't have uh, Toys R Us anymore. Um, At least not in its, its original form, anyway. Right, supposedly exactly. Trying, trying to bring that not, back out. Correct, correct. But not in our in its traditional form that we remember. We have. Um, varying degrees of toy departments in these uh, big box and chain stores that are just not reliable when it comes to the to, to getting your toys and it's frustrating as all get out so um you know i'll just leave it at that hopefully we can get our hands on um the this latest ahsoka which is very 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 or at least seems very 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 screen accurate mm. in terms yeah, so- of the fake sculpt 
Yeah. So if you're if you're not watching the video, which you, sometimes you should, by the way, um, this is the Yasoko from the end of Clone Wars going into later going into um, Rebels. So which means last season of Clone Wars, which right. is so which she's is, still on the younger side, right? Uh, she's still on the younger side. She's not um, the woman we come to know that we meet in Rebels. Yeah, but she still has, a, but she still wears a similar outfit during uh, mm-hmm. when she comes in on Rebels. Yeah, she's definitely. She's yeah, older. I was gonna say she's definitely in the last season of Clone Wars. She's definitely more grown than the young Ahsoka that we've gotten. You know, the young Ahsoka figure that we've gotten before. Right, which is I can't remember the time frame between the end of Clone Wars. I think it's like twenty ish. Well, no, because I think they did end up going into yeah. So it's still roughly around twenty ish years or so before Rebels, uh, or something like that, because. If I'm not mistaken, that last season of Clone Wars kind of goes into episode three or around, mm. around the time. Regardless, the figures sold out and we couldn't get them. And I was mad about that. And so it was a um, Agent 70. And hopefully we'll be able to get our hands on it because, you know. That sucked. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka's a bit, you know, a, a lot of people like Ahsoka. She is a, she is a unarguably a fan for a bit. Um, uh, and her fans, you know, her 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 team is is deep, you know. For good reasons. So, next up, um, the news. Speaking of uh, these uh, new Star Wars figures, because there were some more, which we, so we don't really have to belabor this point. But there were some other figures outside of those that came about. Uh, so, new Star Wars Black Series figures head to Hoth and Endor. Um, I do like if this is the packaging. It's the old, looks uh, like the old um, Kenner packaging. If that is the case, and to which I didn't know that the Kenner brand was still kicking. Uh, I don't know. Again, like I said, so there's the Hoth Wampa, as you can see here. There's uh, Luke and Leia in, the, in indoor gear. Um, and the, there is the packaging for, the, I guess that's the Wampa. Uh, and of course, uh, Wicket with a speeder. Uh, and some clone troopers. Uh, who's in the three pack? And guess what, folks? It's the original Bad Batch. Uh, Echoes, Fives, and Jesse. Wait, Jesse. Wait, wasn't Jesse the one that? Anyway, you know what? Never mind. Um, <laughs> but Echoes and Fives, I think, were the ones that were wait were still around for a good bit of the Clone Wars. I feel like one of those ended up dying, and Jesse was like the one that went bad early on or something. Uh, regardless, those figures are out there. Um, have at folks, or will be out there soon. Next up. Next up. So, uh, Target has announced another round of pre-orders for the now-sold-out Star Wars, the Vintage Collection, Galaxy's... Jeez, that's a long name. Uh, Galaxy's Edge Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run Vehicle. Um, Rolls off the tongue. Right. Following a previous announcement surrounding Hasbro Star Wars Galaxy's Edge item exclusives, the much-sought-after figure is now up for pre-order in limited quantities quantities exclusively at target i am waiting for my page on target.com to load and let me know if it's actually still available oh that's kind of cool the figures it comes with are chewbacca with porgs yeah and uh hondo Hondo. yeah that was weird it comes with a hondo onaka that's kind of cool that is also kind of weird because like i don't recall hondo ever and the pre-orders have sold out of course check back on the release date august 30th of 2020 
because I don't remember Hondo unless it's have something that happened in, in that last season. Chewbacca and Hondo ever meeting. I feel like Hondo's pretty much been around everybody else, but but maybe I'm wrong. I could be, or maybe I'm missing something. Wait, 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 in Clone Wars or Rebels or anywhere. I want to say it happened in Clone Wars. So did it happen in that that last season? Uh, I don't remember. Because hmm. again, like I said, Hondo's been around. So it was just like, matter of fact, like I said, that was that was the part that I meant. Well, Hondo shows back up, but also I don't like the part that where where I just pass in my rewatch. Yes, I'm still doing my rewatch, folks. Uh, <laughs> Stila deserves better. Oh, Hondo. Stila... <laughs> that's all I. That's all I saw the. I saw the picture. I was like, Hondo. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, really? <laughs> that's kind of crazy, but you know, hey, it's Hondo. Hondo's likable. <laughs> Um. Oh god! Wait, there's a the, oh yeah, there is backlash against Hamilton. We won't talk about that right here. But yeah, so that there's the wait. Are those figures? Let's see, was it? So this all together. Is, is there a price at least? Oh, I already closed the window, man. I uh, don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, the model stands at twenty three point six three inches. That's for the the Falcon, by the way, which is what is for and some stuff. And of course, like I said, the Porgs and there's some. Not included battery, so I guess it's going to make sounds. Um, yeah, and it's going to come with sound effects uh, from a New Hope movie and Smuggler's Run ride at Disney's Galaxy Edge, which nobody should be going to right now because, you know, things. But yet, there you go. Next up. I wonder, pause just sure. for a quick second because you, you got next one. You got the next one anyway. But. I wonder if they included Hondo because he's the one that's the guide in the Galaxy's Edge. Um, likely, that's more. That's more likely. Yeah, is that because he's the guide at Galaxy's Edge? That's why he's included. And it makes sense that he would be at Galaxy's Edge because you know he's Hondo, always down right. for a sale. Um, I, lo- I like Hondo. <laughs> Hondo's all right. You know, <laughs> I want to watch Clone Wars again. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not like I never want to watch it. I just, it's just not. You know, having come off the, the 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 newest season, I'm like, oh, I, I don't have to revisit that right away. Did but, you watch uh, Rebels? Of course, I watched Rebels. I finished Clone Wars and Rebels before the the Clone Wars last season came out. Okay, long. Remember, I watched it in reverse. Right through, we talked uh, about that yeah. nefarious means. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, there may be some some Empire uh, non involvement in that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's next, right. You did do a rewatch of a you, well, you did a watch of Clone Wars because you had not yep. seen it prior to yeah. Correct. And, and I had just finished my rewatch of Clone Wars before going into uh, a rewatch of oh, excuse me, my rewatch of Rebels before Clone Wars. Right. Rewatch. Anyway, that is that. Uh, exclusive Comic Con Funko Pops of Raz El Ghul, aka Rachel Al Ghul, depending on how you say it. Some people, you know, people are wrong. Uh, and Invader Zim available <laughs> here. You mean like Han and Han Solo? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that one I still don't understand. But then again, that was actually one that you know that at least the movies kind of said something. I mean, you kind of put that out there. So that's so fun. <laughs> but yeah, so there are um, collectible, exclusive collectibles uh, from Funko Pop. No surprise from um, Comic Con at home, and it is uh, Rosh Ra- Ra- Al Ghul, aka Rish Al Ghul. Um. You know, as a um, as a thing, it's fifteen bucks. Convention exclusive, Funko Pop, sure, and of course Invader Zim, who I have very little knowledge of uh, outside of the actual being a thing, but you can go get that. 
also 15 bucks. Next up. All right. Uh, jumping into Star Wars comics. Um, an upcoming issue. Darth Vader number six. What came out this week? A three. Okay. So it's been teased that uh, Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader, uh, Master and Apprentice, respectively, are going to bump heads in Star Wars Darth Vader number six, the synopsis of the issue. We're talking about previews here, folks. Mm. The synopsis of the issue says that Palpatine will conduct Vader's next lesson in order to teach his pupil a lesson. Okay. Because he's not really uh, stopped doing that. Right. Uh, Of note... uh, Readers should be reminded that this new Darth Vader title, much like the new Star Wars title, is set after the events of Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. To which, if I didn't, if that if that wasn't made apparent when I talked about it earlier, then there you go. Um, I see some Poe Dameron news that I'm just gonna shuffle on to to next week. Next up is oh uh, oh fun 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 yes. Um, in fact, we kind of talked about this uh, when we were talking about um, Cable this week. Uh, Ten of Swords, aka X of Swords, promo teases the secret history of Cable's new weapon. Shout out to Tim for this uh, um, article, by the way. Uh, Marvel Comics has released a new teaser for X of Swords, Ten of Swords. I'm going to keep to continue to do that. Gear it over it. Which focuses on Cable and his newest weapon, the Light of Galador. Again, we've talked about this, you know, in, in um, Cable 2 earlier, or part of this. Uh, the Ten of Swords teaser is for Cable number 3, uh, with its story carving a path to the upcoming X-Men crossover. The Phil Noto art features Nathan Summers and one of the separate cuckoos gazing at the light of Galador, the sword Nathan came into possession of in Cable 1. Which, you know, he don't know where it came from, and I guess he was trying to figure out Somebody was somebody in one of those issues saying, "Hey, we need to." No, it was Scott. That's right, because Scott was like, "Yeah, this is not of Earth, and we might want to find out where this comes from," you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yep. yeah, you gonna say? No, no, I said, "Yep, I'm excited simply because <laughs> of the connection to Galador and the Space Knights." Mm-hmm. Which oh, which I forgot to mention earlier, even before we talked uh, um, um, before the show, in issue one, that one space knight that um, that uh, shows up is eerily familiar looking. Uh, it basically looks like Rom, but it's just a kind of like, uh, like an earlier version of Rom. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that was funny. Like they kind of screwed it around it, but um, it wasn't Rom, but still. Like, hey, guess what? This, this here's this one space like that looks like this other a little bit more popular space night that uh, that we can't do anything <laughs> with. So, uh, anyway. because Rom is a Hasbro property, and uh, that failed Hasbro, uh, both well, cinematic and comic book universes, pretty much failed. Yeah, pretty much. So sad. Such promise. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, uh, I was about to say. I wonder. I need a. I need that sound effect. Too bad. So sad. I forget what that's from. I wonder if I could pull that from Is that somewhere. Clueless? I don't. That sounds like a clueless thing, but I'm not wrong. Possible. Anyway, so, uh, uh, continuing with the Ten of Swords bandwagon, um, mm-hmm. as part of the build-up to Marvel Comics' upcoming X-Men crossover event, Ten of Swords, a new teaser image for August's Excalibur number eleven 
heralds the return of the Externals. Oh, Jesus. These days, however, they're going by a different name. The Excalibur number 11 promo sees the immortal mutants making their presence felt. When an off-screen character says, these are the Externals, the group replies, we prefer High Lords. Okay. <laughs> Remember that storyline, 90s X-Men fans? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, and it says here, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and put the groan out of the way right now, created by Lav Reifeld, Liefeld, whatever, uh, Fabian, the Yeah, you know, y'all know who it is. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and Mark Pacella. Oh, my Or Pacella. Um, you know, some of us don't really care for, for, for the life. That's so fun- Failed. Yeah, but that's a that's something I've actually never heard of. Well, uh, it, it was a it was a, it was a mistake, but at the same time, yeah, whatever. It's all, yeah. it, it worked out. It worked out like it was supposed to. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't a mistake. Uh, the externals are a real subspecies of immortal mutants whose respective origins are scattered throughout history. Uh, one apocalypse being one of them, if I'm not mistaken, according to yeah. So there we go. I was about to say, Sam Guthrie supposed to be one too. I think that was teased at some point. So probably. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to have to go look that up. All right, man. You got next. All right. Uh, boop. boop. Uh, there we go. X-Men spinoff children of the Adam is still on the way. Yay. Um, and I actually meant that as a, a an enthusiasm is gay because despite how it sounded uh, X-Men group editor Jordan D. White has offered a direct concise update on one of the previously solicited Dawn of X uh, X-Men titles that have not that has not been rescheduled following the industry wide shutdown uh, due to COVID confirming that Children of Adam will indeed er- arrive eventually uh, yes, White says bluntly in a response to a Twitter fan question asking if the ongoing series will ever arrive. Yeah, I feel like no, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to doom it before it even comes out. Um, but yeah, so that that's uh, apparently still coming out. Um, so yay. I think this is the, the Vita Alaya book. And this is actually one I was kind of interested in, sort of. Because um, this is supposed to be like the X basically kind of like the X-Men side sidekicks book or something like that. Okay. If I remember correctly, but cool. Next up. All right. Next up. Uh, the classified villain of 10 of swords may be one of the greatest X-Men ever. A mystery is brewing among the mutants of Krakoa in the lead up to 10 of swords, the dawn of X era's first line wide X-Men crossover. As ten mutants prepare to wield ten powerful swords against an unknown enemy, the antagonists in question, the sword bearers of Araco, are starting to shape up with a just-released cover for Ten of Swords Stasis Number 1, revealing their lineup, and one of them is listed as classified, and the rumor is... Do you know what the rumor is? Uh, no, because I didn't read that I'm gonna today. Ring, I'm going to ring the spoiler bell. Did The rumor is that it's Storm. Wow, that's kind of funny because I was actually, I absolutely was thinking that as a joke, but mm-hmm. cool. Um, and also, uh, this whole premise kind of sounds like Fear Itself, but with swords. 
and I'm frightened. <laughs> I guess we'll, I, I still have yet to read Fear Itself like that, but still. Yeah, I was about to say, but if it's something to do with uh, the the nature of their existence on Krakoa, it might be a, 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 a an interesting uh, story. We'll see. And I'm kind of hoping though, because if it if it is indeed Storm and it's been spoiled, or, or and this is, then that's going to be a bummer and a bummer that they will probably change because sometimes they've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it does, even if it is. You know, continue to be storm. I'm I'm fine with that. Storm's dope. Next up, um, Fantastic Four's Empire epilogue uh, has major ramifications for the Marvel U. Uh, so, Fantastic Four writer Dan Slott promises that the fan- for, that the Marvel's first family, first family, say it in the MOP voice, folks. Uh, upcoming one shot Empire epilogue. Empire Burn Fallout. Family. Exactly. <laughs> Empire Fallout Fantasy Four number one comes with ramifications that will be felt by the entirety of the Marvel Universe. I think we may have hinted to that being the case earlier when we were talking about Empire. Uh, slot was on hand at the Marvel Comics Next Big Thing panel because, you know, where else was he going to go in COVID? Anyway, uh, during which he was asked by Marvel editor Tom Brevoort about the Profiteer. A new elder, elder of the universe created by Slot, uh, Sean Isaacs, and R.B. Silva, who was introduced in this month's Empire Fantasy Four Zero, and the role she will play as things progress. Uh, we don't have to necessarily go too much further, but Slot basically um, says his thoughts. So, but yeah, okay. I have no reason to believe that Slot's not doesn't mean what he says. Yep, yep, yep. Because apparently a couple of things are going to change about the Fantasy Four after this. We already talked about some of that last week. So, right. this is just going to go wider. Next up. On uh, some sad news. Um, Presumably. It's not confirmed yet, I don't think. No. Uh, Marvel Comics' ongoing title, Amer- Amazing Mary Jane, is one of several titles that remain on hiatus. Following the distribution shutdown in April and May due to COVID-19, while other titles have since been rescheduled, the spinoff to Amazing Spider-Man has been on standby, but the series' cover artist says it has been canceled. This was supposed to be the cover for Mary Jane issue number 10, but the book got canceled. Amazing Mary Jane cover artist Paolo Sequeira writes on comic art fans. As hinted with the after McFarlane below Sequeira signature, Sakira's signature, the illustration is an homage to Todd McFarlane's cover to Spawn number seven from 1993. I did not see this yet. Also, a Star Star Wars reference. I did not see this. I'm going to have to take Yeah, so I just pulled it up on the, uh, uh, if you're watching the video version of this, so you can check that out. Oh, it's Uzarama. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, if if you're not watching the video version, uh, well, one, do so. Two, uh, it's Mary Jane in the the slave layer get up uh, with uh, a couple of guns in her hands that are not Star Wars guns, and a and a box of other weaponry that uh that is uh laid before her, or two boxes of other uh whatever. So yeah, there you go. Um. So. Amazing Mary Jane started out as a, a mini series or a maxi series, I guess, at, at some point, but then ended up going. Well, it was a mini series that ended up being changed to an ongoing series. Uh, 
uh, that, you know, had started out really good. It was a really good book. And hopefully it hasn't been canceled. Um, I don't even remember what the last issue was at this point. But, um, you know, it was a surprise. It was kind of a surprise to us. Uh, not that it was good, but the fact that, it, you know, there's uh, something in here that could actually lend itself to an ongoing. Right. So, you know. It's a good story. Yeah, it very much was. I mean, it, right. it has gone away from the, 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 the impetus for it, but still. Right. And from what I remember, uh, you know, and it's in, and, and it's been hinted at in recent issues of Amazing that there's a reason why Mary Jane's on the run. Right. So. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I suppose we'll get more into that. Um, does does 45 kind of go into that? Not. The, the, only the super president, but the only, the, only mentioning that she's not there. Right. Same thing as before. Right. I'm, and I'm talking about amazing, 40, amazing Spider-Man Forty Five, not the stupid person right. in charge of this company, country, supposedly. Yep. 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 yep, yep. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Um. Next up, anyway. So because we can go ahead and uh, we still got some, some more stuff to do, and in a short time to get there, Marvel heroes become homebodies in a new comic series inspired by COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, early on in Marvel Comics' history, the iconic Stan Lee describes the story as depicting the world outside your uh, window, quote-unquote, referring to being more realistic and in touch with humanity. Uh, a surprise new comic book, comic book series is taking what taking that approach excuse me, directly while flipping it to showing the world inside your window. Um, Marvel Comics has launched a new comic series that is not only a digital first, but is exclusive for a limited time, to the publisher's social media channels. Uh, it will showcase some Marvel's top heroes as homebodies, so to speak, in reaction to COVID-19 pandemic. First of all, Spidey wears a mask. He can go outside if that's the case, but you know, good on him for sure or not. Um, Tilted Heroes at Home, new editions of the web serial written by Zeb Wells and artist Gurihiru, excuse me, are scheduled to debut Sundays on the publisher's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages. I think I've seen this one that is in the... I definitely have seen this one that is in the article. Uh, but I did not know this was a series that they were that they had been doing. So, it's it's cute. So, And it's Peter Parker baking and dealing with uh, some other things. Or another thing. Next up, All right. Um, update. Marvel Comics has confirmed in their weekly newsletter to direct market retailers that the new story in September's Immortal Hulk number zero one shot, which acts as a framing device for several reprinted classic Hulk tales, will be drawn by Marvel exclusive artist Mattia Deulis, who had already drawn the issue's cover before an artist was chosen. Deulis is best known for Marvel's Invisible Woman limited series, which is good, and Jessica Jones' Blindspot limited series, and is also drawing a portion of the upcoming Spider-Woman number five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that Invisible Woman um, was definitely some good art in there, and actually was a pretty good story also, with the exception of yep. the, you know, kind of, we saw this coming-ness of the end of it, but sure. Next up, um, Marvel's Spider-Man. Marvel's Morales' star Neji Jeters, I apologize if I'm screwing up the name, posts performance capture images. So this is from 
uh, the 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 upcoming Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales video game, uh, and the actor who was doing the motion capture capture uh, took to Twitter to say, um, "Oh, he also played Miles Morales in the in the in the the the, uh, the original." Uh, Spider-Man game, which I will say again, you should play uh, to become a character. If you are, you know, if you even if you don't like Spider-Man, even if you don't like super movies, this is actually a pretty good uh, action uh, video game. Uh, anyway, if you, especially if you like the Batman type stuff to become a character, so impactful means the world to me. The story of Miles is what this generation and the next need. I just thank the heavens above uh, for blessing me with the opportunity and responsibility to bring him from life. And this is a couple of pictures of him in a motion capture gear, and uh, the picture of the character, uh, and what will be his suit for that game. So cool with the hashtag Miles Morales PS5. Next up, okay, um, Hawkeye concept art for Marvel's Avengers homages an iconic look from Fraction and from Matt Fraction and David Aha's. Uh, comic run. Um, Square Enix's upcoming video game Marvel event, Marvel's Avengers had a new showcase unveiling details about its upcoming beta and post-launch support. The biggest surprise, though, was the addition of fan-favorite Avenger Hawkeye. As part of its announcement, the design team shared concept art of the character, drawing direct inspiration from Matt Fraction and David Aha's acclaimed comic book run on the character, which ran from 2012 to 2015. The character matches Clint Barton's appearance in the run down to his bruised, bandaged face, his hearing aids, and his mod-inspired logo team. Cool. No pizza dog, though, sadly. But, hey, you know, maybe there will be, uh, maybe he'll show up. Next up, uh, wait, did G.I. Joe uh, homage the most infamous Captain America? Okay, folks. So this is spoilers for... uh, that Lob Reifeld uh, book, Snake Eyes Dead Game, number one, which uh, shout out to Chad Bowers also, local fam. Not, no, not local fam, but local writer. Um, uh, apparently, let's see, Liefeld, who did some, who did a, a run of Captain America, albeit briefly back in the day, um, you know, did that thing. So take that into this and says, uh, while Liefeld's run on Captain America's run was brief. There's perhaps no greater encapsulation of this representation than an infamous drawing of Captain America with massive puffed-up pectorials. Because it's Liefeld. Long after that run concluded, uh, that image lives on in one of Liefeld's most well-known drawings, and it seems uh, that even he knows it. (laughs) In the first issue of Liefeld's new G.I. Joe miniseries, Snake Eyes Dead Game, the fan favorite Joe Roadblock is drawn in a way that more that bears more than a little resemblance to Heroes Born Captain America. Oh dear gosh. Uh, and if you're I'm guessing if you're watching the video, this is the the in question. Hey, did you skip a story? I don't think I did. But um let's see. You could have saved yourself dealing with this story. Yeah, well, we got out of the way. Um, <laughs> oh, the Alex Ross one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Well, go for it. Because I might yeah, have put it in the wrong place. Like, yeah, I was about to say you started with, uh, with the next story. Yeah, so we'll fun. go ahead and take it. 
All right. Uh, Marvel Comics has released a video showcasing legendary artist Alex Ross's creative process for crafting the mural that's on display at the publisher's office. Viewers are likely to recognize the mural's artwork as being from Ross's painted timeless variant covers that are slated to ship with Marvel books going on sale this September and October. So it's, uh, uh, it's basically quoting him. He, uh, we are working on an individual part of the multi-character mural piece that I'm doing for Marvel, which I believe will be physically seen in their offices, which they are. They're already up. says in the video while working on an illustration of Spider-Man. The assembled combined might of all the paintings I'm doing will make up one giant composition of all three individual figures, of all these individual figures standing together. Uh, what's kind of it, It's kind of tough not to see uh, Carol Danvers. She's not up there. Um uh, and I'm trying to think of what other character I read and noticed that, you know, kind of should have been up there. Where's Iron Man? He's there. Must be on the fringe because I don't. Oh, nope. no, yeah, I see him. I see him behind. Uh, right yeah, behind uh, behind Storm and um, I guess I see him. Yeah. So I was about to say Storm takes up a lot of space with the cape, you know, yeah. with those with the cape thing that she has on in the OG in the OG um, uh, uh, costume. As she has every right to. Um, right. What I was gonna say, <laughs> but that's what, but that's that's what makes you notice her, and that's what makes her such an obvious missing Marvel legend. If you're gonna do a, a Marvel legend uh, uh, a recreation of this, mm-hmm. it's her um, and Angel and Falcon. Right. Those that, are the ones that, that Age of Seventy is missing. Yeah, that I'm missing. No, but are missing from Marvel Legends. Period. I oh, have yeah. everybody else. That's a that's a that's a that's a flex. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, but um, wait, wait, is there a Medusa? Yeah, there is. Is uh, there is? A yeah, Medusa. there is. Yeah, Medusa was unfortunately a Walgreens exclusive. Hmm. So there is a Medusa out with the living here that'll get you. That's from amazing. <laughs> that's from Spider Man and his amazing friends. But anyway, uh, moving right along. Let's see. I go ahead. Let's go ahead and take this. Get us back on track here. Uh, official endless winter. Uh, is the next big DC story, which I, that title almost reminded me of a, a fairly recent um, Avengers uh, one-shot graphic novel, but also Zero Hour. Oh, was it Zero Hour? Or that they did where everything was, the Earth was freezing? I don't know. I don't know why I'm asking you. Your, your DC is, is as spotty as mine is. <laughs> anyway, DC has released the first teaser. I'm like... So- I'm like, huh? Yeah. These are, DC has released its first teaser for its upcoming Endless Winter Story Act. Uh, confirming what Newsarama earlier reported, the event will begin in DC. Uh, DC. Well, it is DC because it's December, but 2020. Um, and while the teaser itself leads pretty much everything to the imagination other than the title logo against an icy blue background, Newsarama expects the storyline to be Justice League related, which, sure, why wouldn't it be? Uh, the image appears Friday in the publisher's DC Connect number three, which I totally forgot those things are still coming out. Those are coming out. It's new self-published catalog featuring its um, October solicits. Wait, is there a way to get our hands on that? Is that like on Comicsology somewhere? I'm not sure I haven't looked. I think it's on, I know it's on there. It's probably on, more than likely it's on their site, obviously, but I I don't know if they put it out to um, Comixology also. Regardless, that's neither here nor there. Uh, So yeah, there's, that's their new, oh, Final Night. There we go. It's right here in the article. 
because it's being it's, the the event I'm talking about is being mentioned. <laughs> uh, says uh, given the current DC, yeah, Dark Knight's Metal is going right now. Uh, Endless Winter could flip the switch or the Thermonite thermostat rather into Sub Zero, and it mentions mentions uh, Final Night, which was the event that I uh, that I was trying so hard to think of from 1996. Uh, where the Earth froze after the Sun Eater extinguished, extinguished the Sun. And now I kind of want to read it to see how they even, like, the Sun is gone. How they even get that? How did, What they even do after that? But it's comics, so it's probably crazy. Of course. Next up, all right, next up, uh, comic book writer Scott Snyder has big plans coming up, and they're not just limited to Dark Knight's oh. death metal. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, wait. There it is. Um, and his creator-owned work. He's also angling to revive DC's writing workshop initiative to help bring new writers into the publisher's comics. His goal is to also try to get is to is to also try to get the teaching workshop up and running again, not take oxygen from the mainline myself, and allow a generation of writers to come up while I'm doing other things. Snyder told Newsarama. Okay. So you might as well go ahead and take the next one because that you pretty much hit upon what uh, what what goes after that. And by the way, this is cool. So if you're a writer out there trying to get out there, this is cool. Um, I might actually look into it myself just for you know um, right. Academic purposes. Next up, right. yeah, take uh, the next Dark one. Knight's, yeah, Dark Knight's Death Metal. Excellent. Is Scott Snyder's biggest project yet in his ten years at DC, but it will it will also be his last big superhero project with DC for a while. He's not leaving superheroes, he says, but he needs to start working on more of my own stuff. Snyder tells Newsarama. I'm still he's still doing stuff at DC, but definitely not as much. I want to give other people a chance with the big stuff at DC. And to be perfectly frank, there's a lot I want to do outside of superhero comics. Okay. I mean, one, good for him. Two, yeah, also good for him for knowing that, yeah, you're taking a blood not I shouldn't say it like that, but you know, he's giving chances that a lot of other people are not, you know, give given his his stuff. And I'm not saying that it's not deserved, but I'm saying, you know, there are other stories to tell that, that other people could be doing. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm seeing here that he has a book with Frank Francesco Francavilla, which I would almost be interested in because I do love uh, Francavilla's art. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he's trying to do some other stuff as, as we've already said with the right workshop. So that's cool. Next up, as soon as this thing loads up, Tom Taylor throws a wild card and Superman into his new DC series tease. So it's been, seemed like it's been teased that Tom Taylor is probably going to uh, return to in the Injustice universe. And apparently the last few days he has been uh, tweeting out just letters uh, that are, I guess are going to go somewhere. Uh, so it says here, writer Tom Taylor continues to play to slow play his DC Scrabble board, revealing that the third letter in what appeared in, for the first two days to be a daily letter by letter unveiling of the word injustice, and presumably the announcement uh, of a new comic book series based on the popular video game franchise. But after tweeting an I on Sunday uh and and in on monday both in aerial font because you know sure uh along with the quotes uh taylor tweeted a z tuesday throwing dc fans 
uh, playing the Wheel of Fortune at home game for a loop. So it might not be injustice. Or it could very well still be injustice. And this is just, you know, something else. Maybe Zatanna's involved. I mean, I don't know if she wasn't already, but. Um, and the today's quote was to guide us, to inspire us, along with that Z. Um, see, these join the quotes. I think it could have been different, uh, attributed to Batman and the unattributed. If they were still here that accompanied the first two letter reveals and Taylor also posted what seemed to be a new piece of art featuring Superman, Batman, Nightwing, and Robin on his Instagram account, along with the letters and quote, the letter and quotes. So. Okay. Uh, and it looks like apparently here it could very well be uh, this article is postulating that it could be uh, in reference to Enza Nelson, who is the white wife of Kent Nelson, a.k.a. the Golden Age uh, Dr. Fate. And apparently who becomes Dr. Fate later. So, Okay. There you go. Next up. Next up, DC is releasing a Batman-themed cocktail book inspired by the heroes, villains, and locations of Gotham City. DC Comics' Batman, the official Gotham City cocktail book, features step-by-step recipes for you to get crunk, I mean drunk, along with original full-color photography as it takes readers on a journey through Gotham City with drinks named after everyone's favorite characters, including Batman, Poison Ivy, Commissioner Gordon, and the Joker. A sneak peek at the book's promo pages reveals recipes for three different cocktails. The Batman drink is essentially an old-fashioned, well played. complete with a sugar cube, bitters, rye, or bourbon, and an orange twist. The Iceberg Lounge Cosmopolitan contains vodka, Cointreau, cranberry juice, lime juice, crushed ice, and an orange peel garnish. And finally, the Poison Ivy's Rose Mojito calls for crushed mint and lime, sugar, ice, white rum, and club soda. That is bougie, bougie, bougie. I mean, it is Poison Ivy, so what are you expecting? Um, I mean, it's all bougie. It's all bougie. I, well, there is also that. And also, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Batman famously not drink? Or am I, am I, am I just like putting That's Tony Stark the- on him? But it could be part of canon. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, even in the movie, I was like, wait, that doesn't seem right. But then again, I don't know. And maybe I'm just inferring Tony, classic Tony Stark over it, um, which is the distinguished competition. Uh, but yeah, so obviously these seem like real world drinks that just been renamed, um, renamed, you know, in favor, of, which is not, not a terribly a bad thing. I don't know. Also, there's a YouTuber, uh, a YouTube channel called The Tipsy Bartender. You should all check out. That dude's crazy. Um, but it's good. Next up. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Tom King on... Oh, oh yeah. Tom King on J. Lee uh, Comic Skate tweet. We're all good. Best com- possible outcome. Come to find out, no, that's not true because I will take this next one. Um, so apparently, if y'all did not know... Tom King came out and basically said that Jay Lee, because he had a problem with Jay Lee's, uh, well, he had a problem with the fact that Jay Lee was doing the cover to that Rorschach uh, book that we were talking about and saying, basically saying that Jay Lee was a part of Comics Gate, which turned out that may not be true. Uh, Jay Lee, who is not apparently not odd on social media, did not know about any of this at the time, but was made aware of it. And according to this, King said he apologized and everything was, it was all good. Um, however, Jay Lee came out 
and said that no, everything is not all good, and he's kind of upset about this because, as this article says, Jay Lee speaks out on Tom King's irresponsible tweets over Rorschach cover. Um, says artist Jay Lee has spoken out after a contemptuous forty-eight hours, which began Friday, when Tom King publicly expressed deep disappointment with DC hiring the artist to draw a variant for King's upcoming Rorschach series. Uh, King quoted Lee's recent drawing for Comicsgate associated. Uh, for a Comicsgate-associated project as the cause for a disappointment. Uh, several hours after his initial tweet, King said he subsequently talked with Lee and uh, learned that the article was not aware of Comicsgate and that the two were now all good, best possible outcome. On Lee's Instagram page, which, again, th- there, were say- there were people saying that he was not on social media at all, but apparently, the artist said that he and his wife, colorist June, June Chung, weren't all good. I'm writing this because I'm angry, Lisa explains. These irresponsible tweets are not harmless. They do not just go away. Uh, they have real-world consequences. They can take your job away, your life, your memories. June and I were robbed of a special day, so no, we're not all good. Which, you know, if if that is the case and he did not know about uh, Comicsgate, which, uh, again, there's no reason to believe one way or the other, he has very much right and to be upset. Uh, and apparently Lee and Chung's special day was a couple intended to spend Friday morning, uh, spend Friday morning, the recent death of their dog, Loki. Uh, so, right, next up, uh, oh, I thought you had said something. I thought Johnny you were Pace. saying something about this, but nah, okay. Leaving it. Okay. All that's stupid. It's just dumb. Continue. All right. So as part of the online edition of, uh, Comic-Con at home, Writer Donny Cates has opened up about the actual plot and story of his previously announced Image Comics creator-owned ongoing series, Crossover. It's a EPMD. Right. And uh, with artists Jeff Shaw and D. Cuniff and John J. Hill. Uh, the book takes the concept of a comic book crossover and puts a meta-textual spin on the idea, mashing up new and even previously existing characters in a version of the real world. Okay. All right, next up. IDW to publish Star Trek Voyager comics about Seven of Nine. Uh, hashtag SDCC. So in a pattern panel recording a short time ago, probably uh, as of the, the writing of this. Um, wait, hold on. In a panel recording a short time ago, so... This is when he was still... Yeah, I know, but the, the, the wording on this is not great. Um, so Chris Real is still IDW president, publisher, and CCO here uh, at this video. Uh, IDW ESC, John Barber talked about upcoming plans for their Star Wars comic books. Barber started talking about how, before the shutdown, they brought together the writings for Star- the Star Trek Year 5 series. Uh, we do. What the hell? Oh, they brought together the writers for the Star Trek Year five series we do which is chronicling this is some terrible writing here and this is not me this can't be me my eyes ain't that bad which is chronicling the last five year a five year mission and the kind of leads you to where the series left off getting to where things are and the star the star trek motion picture anyway so Basically, the the see, they got a bunch of writers here talking about their Star Trek stuff, and uh, apparently they have uh, some stuff coming down the line, including this Deep Space Nine series. 
uh, which I believe is already out. Yes, this is the one that's already out, but there's also another one coming from that is set uh, in the Voyager side of the universe. There we go. And it looks like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, there was a one shot in, in the Mirror universe that they had already done in Voyager. So this is just like, this is going to be an ongoing. So there you go. Next. All right. Dark Horse Comics reveals graphic novel spinoff for the Blind Bandit from Avatar The Last Airbender. Dark Horse Comics revealed Avatar The Last Airbender, Toph ba- uh, Beifong's Metal Bending Academy. Get a off. graphic. Yeah, no, something else that rolls right off the tongue, right? A graphic novel spinoff from Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender series uh, for release on February 16th of 2021. Okay. Yay. Wait, you have you watched? Uh, I've watched this before. Nope, nope, nope. I haven't watched it yet. Try it. Try it. You might like it. I know it's on Netflix. It is, definitely. And yeah, and we already said Core is coming next year, but I mean next month. But yeah. <laughs> Toph is dope. I love Toph. She's one of my favorite characters of um, of Avatar. So that's that's cool. Next up, speaking of Avatar, some of Avatar's best characters are only in the Kyoshi spinoff books. Um, and this is a this is a spoiler for Avatar The Last Bender, The Shadow of Kyoshi, which is now on sale, which I did not know this was out. Um, a major draw to the original Avatar series where it's richly developed and endearing characters. When the novels The Rise of Kyoshi and its recently released sequel, The Shadow of Kyoshi, were announced, the initial draw was the opportunity to see more of the title character so rarely uh, seen in the original series. But there are parts of this book in which Kyoshi takes uh, a back seat. Uh, instead focusing on other key players. Kiyoshi, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, one of uh, Aang's iterations of the Avatar. Um, some of the characters in the Kiyoshi novels are the most uh, engaging in the entire franchise. They, they even have a, some warriors, the Kiyoshi warriors, named after her. But anyway, uh, none of this is to say that Kiyoshi herself is not engaging, but the author uh, FCE surrounds the Avatar with so many vibrant characters that could easily carry on their own story, and this is pretty much, yeah, talking about all that. We don't need to go too much farther. Next. Mm-hmm. Next up, uh, San Diego Comic-Con at home. The 2020 Will Eisner Comic Industry Award winners were announced uh, during a pre-recorded video presentation um, as part of uh, Virtual San Diego Comic-Con. The ceremony hosted by actor Phil Lamar was a big night for the graphic novel Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. Okay. Um, which took home the best publication for teens award plus individual awards for both writer Mariko Tamaki for best writer and Rosemary Valerio O'Connell for best penciler inker. This year's Eisner hall of fame inductees as announced by cartoonist Sergio Aragones include judges choices Nell Brinkley and E. Sims Campbell, plus voter choices Allison Bechdel, Howard Cruz, Stan Sakai, <laughs> Wheezy Louise Simonson, <laughs> Don and Maggie Thompson, and Bill Watterson. Cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we got the winners here. I do will say that the one specifically that I saw recently on social media was that Bitterroot and his creative team won for... I totally forgot what they won for. 
Oh, here we go. Best continuing series. There you go. So shout out to uh, Bitterroot. Well, de- well deserved. There's probably some more in here, but we're not going to go through all of them. You can definitely go uh, and check out the winners here. Raina Telemeyer won for another one of her books. So Yeah, well, this is new, right? Yeah. Um, they called us Enemy by George Takai. Um, LaGuardia by Nidia Korafor and some other people. Like I said, we don't, we're not, doesn't have to go through all of that. So, Stan Sakai also for, um, Yusagi Yujimbo, the, the, the complete grass cutter artist select. Which, yeah, there you go. For best mm-hmm. archival collection project. Uh, next up, uh, from Comic Con 2020, 10 top 10 most popular panels. Vikings, New Mutants, Walking Dead, and more. Now, granted, I could have put this in the in the cinematic section, but sure, why not? Um, but if you know, last week we did the uh, the article about the 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 lesser known ones. This one was IG, uh, excuse me, Gamespot's uh, and I guess Comic Vine by proxy um, thoughts on what they think the top ten panels are. Uh, and I'm just going to scroll through here to see if there's anything I actually watch. Uh, the Constantine 15th anniversary is in there. I guess they're going by views because you see the view counts by him, by the, by the by them. And as you would, you know, as you would um, catch that they are all pretty much entertainment based. Because there's one on the boys. There's a Constantine one. There's a Star Trek Universe panel that we previously talked about. Uh, a couple of Walking Dead ones that mean new mutant ones, etc., etc., etc. So mm-hmm. there you go. Next up. All right, last but not least, uh, Read Pop, the company behind New York Comic Con, reveals a Metaverse pop culture online event for August 13th through 16th. Metaverse's website describes the event. What is the Metaverse, you ask? It is a virtual realm, the sum of all fandoms, delivered by Read Pop, the organizers of Emerald City Comic Con, MCM Comic Con, and more. Like I said, New York Comic Con. You'll encounter one-of-a-kind interactive experiences with your favorite celebs and creators, discover new releases, explore a rich exhibitor marketplace, get access to sweet merchandise, and connect with other fans from across the globe to celebrate all things pop culture. Read Pop's stated panels will span a variety of geeky interests, including comics, film, TV, anime, cosplay, gaming, and literature. The streaming panels will be free, but those interested can also purchase tickets to exclusive experiences. Read Pop's New York Comic Con is currently scheduled for October 8th through 11th, 2020. The event is scheduled to take place at the Jacob K. Javits Center. Last year's New York Comic Con was held from October 3rd through 6th. We still don't know what's going on with New York Comic Con. Let's be honest. Right. Uh, tickets for New York Comic Con should have already been on on sale. Uh, we still don't know what's going on at this point. Um, it's all very fluid. Uh, we just have to keep our uh, eyes open and uh, ears tuned for uh, the latest news. And masks on and teeth washed. Yeah, pretty much. And face washed and all that. And hands and all that. Yes. Anyway, that concludes the news for the night. And for God's sake, stay your asses home. Jesus. Um, we will get into another ad read to run. Oh, real quick. Before I do this last ad read, did you get your uh, Marvel masks from the Disney shop? Not yet, but I saw where the uh, the thing went through. So I should be getting them any day, I think. Oh, okay. I got mine. 
they're cool. They're cool. I had to stretch the straps out a little bit mm-hmm. because they're a little on the short side for me, even in large, because I've got a huge noggin. Right. But I had to stretch. You know, I think I popped like a couple of stitches just to make it stretch. Mm-hmm. But I definitely got, um, I got it to fit comfortably, and it works. It's pretty cool. They nice. don't have um, the little bendy wire for your nose. Right. If you're wearing glasses, it'll fog up. I mean, I wear, I don't wear glasses, but I wear sunglasses. So you just have to kind of finagle the um, the nose pieces for your sunglasses to fit over the mask or, you know, just so that you don't get the fog. I would imagine that but, wouldn't take much to kind of fit a piece. Of light. I mean, if you wanted to do that, but I don't know if you, if you would want to do that because, you know, those are washable and that metal might, you know, whatever. But yeah, I would exactly. imagine you could fashion something to, to, to do that, though. I'm pretty sure there's ways to do it. So I just wanted to to, to let uh, the fandom know that I did receive mine, and I think Roddy Cat is very soon to get his. Yeah, because like I said, I saw I got charged for it. So yeah, I was about to say I did I, I did place my order before you did, right. so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, and I haven't checked to see if I got a uh, hey shipping order or something, but then I'm sure that'll be coming at some point. Anyway, um, Ed Reed. Last ad for the night. Uh, Blue Apron. Because I want a cheesesteak now. Um, I wonder if I can order that on Blue Apron. Uh, Blue Apron's meal delivery service has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you. Go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. I said, I'm pretty sure it's not that hard to make a make a cheesesteak. So <laughs> I'm fairly certain. I know the four Yeah, but it's nice to have it's nice to have the uh, the right meat chopped up. You know? Yeah, but you got some steak on you'll be all right. It's fine. I mean, unless steak you um... <laughs> unless you really want to get fancy with it. But yeah, um, but yeah, I guess that's that's. You gotta uh, get that cheese whiz though. Uh, if you want to be fancy and get the pat steaks provolone. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, cheese, cheese was sorry, right, but I'm not not real big on it. So I I can do wit out it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Anyway, folks. Let's, yes, exactly. Another lingo. Anyway, folks, we're gonna get out of here. Um, <laughs> thank you uh, for for coming out. I was about to quote Tyrese. I'm hungry. Oh God! It's like Twelve thirty no. at night. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I am actually hungry because I hadn't eat. I did not eat before this, so won't oh, be a no. cheesesteak in my future. Or at least I ain't no really. I'm in the south. There's no real big good cheesesteak places around here. Steaks down there? Oh no! I mean, there's a couple of decent places, but uh, there's actually there's one place that's actually does some so a fairly decent. Uh, cheesesteak it's it's not proper but it's it's pretty good though uh they have to do pretty good pizzas too which um that might be the move now that i think about it (coughs) uh anyway enough about that because i'm very much hungry thank you folks for being here tonight uh whether you came you know at the time of a recording or whether you came later in the audio uh section we appreciate you uh we will be back next week uh same bet time same bet channel new releases still going on uh and all that kind of good jazz so, in closing, I am Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat. Uh, as soon as I actually do the things that I did last week, or shouldn't have should have done last week. There we go. Um, hi, you can see me now. 
You, I am Rydercat. You can find me at Rydercat on Twitter. You can find me as News 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 on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70, you can find him on Twitter at that and also on on Instagram at that. You sure you don't have anything else to plug? Nope, not right now. Okay. Uh, PC and underscore Dirt, who, uh, you know, is not here. Um, the absentee folks of, of the panel. Uh <laughs> Who probably don't want to be here anymore. I get it. No, I'm just kidding. Let me stop. <laughs> I'm probably halfway joking. Maybe I'm not. Who's to say? But no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally joking, though. But no, PC underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter, because I really don't know for certain. Um, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, like I said. Uh, PopCultureNetwork.com and all the umbrella sites they're in. And also, Byte, B-Y-T-E, the Vine replacement uh, under the words comic reviews no vowels the osiris is ish tim d-o-g-g-9-8 on twitter uh the click nation on twitter that's d-k-l-i-q-n-a-t-i-o-n and also dclicknation.com also cb cron which is the comic book chronicles uh twitter account uh say hey all that kind of good jazz and also uh comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off Go over there, go check out his articles, like some of the ones that were in the the, uh, the news tonight. And, um, yeah, check him out. Get that man some clicks. Just tell him he's doing a good job, because he is doing a good job over there. And we're not just saying that because we know the dude. Um, also, you can find us on the Ghost of the Podcast Network. That's the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, which I know we're looking into um, the, you know, what's going on with that uh, that feed, but we're, we're looking into it. Uh, Spotify and the, the Cole Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. We'll be back next week at 9.30 when we record-ish on Thursday nights. Uh, we'll record live under the, the Click Nation's YouTube channel, uh, and subsequently after that on the audio whenever the Coastal Third Podcast puts out, which is normally between Saturday-ish, looks like more often than not. Friday, between Friday and Saturday, sometimes during the weekend. Yeah, um, we're definitely weekend podcast now, so. Yeah, yeah. And we'll try to do better on our um, individual uh, social media accounts by, you know, hey, here's the audio. And, of course, when we go live also. So you can definitely check our, our um, Twitter accounts for that information. So until then, as I pull this uh, shot over, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One, I have the honor to be <laughs> your obedient servant, A. Agent 70. Ham. Yes. And what was that? What were you going to say? I said A. Dot ham. <laughs> See, I was going to wait till now because I knew you were going to do that and then surprise you with that. <laughs> now that I've seen it. But anyway, trailer. I love it when a plane comes together.